Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to episode 24 of Pearl Mania 500, the podcast where a husband and wife duo mm-hmm. research deeply into a topic. So deep that levels of pressure would crush the average marriage. This is not a homemade submarine. No, it's a podcast. No, it's and a Blue Chew ad. Well, it could be. <laughs> it could be potentially if the people at Blue Chew weren't cowards. <laughs> They've never reached out to us and they we've never, never reached will. out to they, them. It's never going to happen. Listen, I'm telling you, I'll take Blue Chew money. I, I bet you would. I fucking and then would. And we'd build a sweet, sweet submersible with it. You know what? On what? today's episode, what? before I after I hit this theme, yeah. I will explain to you of exactly what I would do if I could turn this into a commercial empire and the level of power that one man can wield oh, on today's long-awaited episode of The Life and Times <laughs> of Pat Robertson. Thank you so much again to His Name Was Dusk, reminding me to smile, and I really need to smile today. I am so fucking exhausted. Well. It's it's been a long week. Again, last week's episode. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Last week's episode, we talked about my crazy Fortnite. Yep. Uh, Not the game. That's the word for two weeks. Oh. Uh, And also, we... Mm. 
this week, it's been more insane. Yeah. And then randomly, I found myself covering the Russian rebellion, coup, uh, civil war thing. I don't know. It was weird. I don't know what to say about any of that. I don't. I. I don't know what. I kept just saying bad what I was seeing. People fighting bad people. I don't know. Listen, it was. It was like the the first Godzilla movie, the new one, mm-hmm. where the guy walks out and he's like, "Let them fight." That's how I felt. And then they didn't. Yeah. And now there's a lot of speculation of what exactly just happened. I don't. Listen, this isn't a Russian podcast. No, it's not. This podcast is much more depressing. Wow. It is. Wow. But we, I have a lot to cover this episode, and yeah. there is a rolling thunderstorm happening outside. I know. And I'm bummed because I wanted to go grill for dinner, but I now know. I guess I'm just going to eat Lucky Charms out of the box. Well, I'm just hoping we keep power. No middle ground. I'm just hoping we keep power till the end oh, of the it'll episode. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You've said that before, and then one time, I hit save and then we lost power for four hours. Yeah, I mean, and we were that happened fine. a long time ago. It's fine. So on this episode, we may take more frequent breaks as I hear the storm getting closer, and we are going to power through mm-hmm. quickly this time with the Patreons uh, because we do want to greet all of our hey huns, yep. and our team leaders. There's this uh, gal on TikTok yeah. that's like going like pretty viral right now because she's been doing like data research on local. Um, Huns in her area. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So like, I, I don't know if you one. saw that. Yeah. She's like collecting the data from their Instagram and TikTok accounts, yep. and being like, "This is how many um, girls that are in Arbon, you know, talk about Jesus, and this is how many times the girls in Beachbody do this." And apparently, she's causing quite a ruckus because she's in Utah. Yeah, and like people are starting to inbox her, and yeah. like she was showing the messages she's getting from people she went to high school with, and they all start with. Hey, hun. Yeah. Smile emoji. Just so you know, I was able to quit my job so I can fully support my family. Blah, 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 and like really just being the worst. And then she's like, okay, so anyway, here's this. And like, oh, it's just the funnest thing yeah. to watch. Yeah. She was like, here's where the horse girls who are now nurses, they're yeah. all into this specific. And all the jocks went to Beach Body. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it was, I saw it. And, and the all worst the girls part... that got married out of high school went to the, yes. There's this one I never heard of before. It's like an MLM for little kids books. Oh. And so you like you're trying to sell little kids books and but apparently like really religious girls that didn't go to college that got married out of high school they're yeah. like the top cuz they got pregnant. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. But that just reminds me when you say little kids books selling like out of the home, it yeah, just like, reminds me of zoo books. But for real, we can't talk about this. What's a, There's wait, a, a lo- zoo book? Didn't we? Oh my god! There is so much to cover, and we have seventeen. <laughs> new- this is my favorite day. We have seventeen. 17- I am going to be nothing but speed bumps to you on this day. Hey, I'm just gonna hit It'll buttons. It'll never work. <laughs> I'm gonna hit buttons till you stop. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead down the list. Ready, let's go. All right, up top, we have Neil Ackerman. Hey, hon. After that, we have Alan Shays. Hey, hon. I'm guessing the Shays. It's spelled C-H-A-E-S-S. Sure. So it might be Chas. Either way, it sounds cool to me. I love it. After that, we have Lettuce Head underscore. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. like those lettuce wraps at P.F. Chang's? I could do that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I will always read an underscore, by the way, because I think it's very important that people know that there's an underscore in there. Okay, cool. Yeah. You're just like the coolest dude ever. Well, because one time when I used to have my old Twitter, mm-hmm. I had Alex Perlman, all one word. Yeah. And then there was Alex underscore Perlman. Oh, and I had to be very clear. I had to be very clear to people that he was from the Mirror Universe because he worked on Broadway. Oh. And we, we just didn't get along. After that, we have Sarah Bub. Hey, hon. I like that. Reminds me of Wolverine. What are you doing, Bub? I don't know that reference. You, Wolverine from the X-Men? 
Yeah. He says bub a lot. He does. He says bub all the time. The guy from Australia says bub? Okay, not the guy from... The, Wolverine's from Canada, number one. Okay. He was played by an Australian in a movie. Yeah, the guy from The Greatest Showman or whatever. Yes, Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have time for this. <laughs> After that, we have just an emo... I'm so mad at you. After that, we have just an emo millennial trying to wing it. Same, bro. That's all of us. Same. We're just... I desperately trying. It, it, you know, we're, you were just talking about um, you know the lady doing the analytical research. Yeah. And really looking at demographics. Yeah. That's our demographic That's our right demographic, there. Yeah. You know what? Were Here you, we go. Were you an emo in high school? Yep. Just an emo millennial trying to wing it. Mm. After that, we have Skyborg. Yo. Hey, like that. That's cool. That's I like that. After that, we have Chloe Lewis. Hey, Chloe. After that, we have Harper Lee. Wait, isn't that the author of that book? Yeah, to kill a mark, mockingbird. Yeah, isn't that Harper Lee? I don't. I don't think it's the real Harper Lee. No, I think they chose the name Harper. I Lee. mean, it's a great book. It would be really cool, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna tell. I think. I think Harper Lee might be dead. I think so as well. I think I remember recently. I feel like that's. If, that's listen, this. am I about to be to kill a mark, mockingbird affected? Oh my god! You know, like the Mandela effect. No, the you gotta power, keep moving. Yeah, the you power said just you did got a, a thing. Timeline. The power just did a thing. The lights flickered. All right. After Harper Lee, we have Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Put a lot of thought into that one, buddy. Hey. After that, we have... I like it. (laughs) After that, we have Gothic Lit Bitch. Like, Gothic Literature. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same thing. I gotta say, though, when I first read it, I almost said Gothic Little Bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. But either one works. Gothic Lit Bitch. Someone just inboxed me about a really cool Gothic Literature book that I gotta get. Yeah. What's uh, the next one? After that, we have Olive Potato. Yo, hey, hon. I love potatoes. After that, we have Catitude Double X. Like Catitude? Yeah, like Attitude, but of cats with, with two, two X's. two X's. Nice. Yeah, I X-X. like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Hey, hon. If it had three X's, it'd Whoa, be a Vin Diesel movie. It'd Inter- be a Din- Vin Diesel movie. Isn't like XX, Triple X porn? Yeah, no, people don't use that anymore. Oh, okay. That was just for like back in the 70s when Times Square was cool before Giuliani. Okay, wow. After that, we have. Oh, I actually got to click on this one. The, the oh, name it's is so long. So long. Hold on. Let me open that's it up. That's what she open said. Opening a new. Oh. Wow, it is so long. That's a very. That's the longest Speaking name we've of ever 70s had. 70s pornography. Yes, this name is. <clears throat> Alex put us on the wrong timeline when he stopped smoking. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. And some of us are really suffering the consequences. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you, when I was talking to people last night, I yeah. forgot. I was going over the list of all the crazy things that have happened. Yeah. And I totally forgot our house being covered with bees and almost dying in a tornado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how crazy it was that those didn't even rank for me. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we have Aaron Knight. Hey, Aaron. After that, we have Lonely Lesbian Louise. Louise, don't be lonely. Yeah. Hey, hon. You know what, Louise? Listen, I don't give out too much advice, but we have a comment section on our Patreon. <laughs> Just reach out to people. <laughs> Get weird in there. No. No, yeah, you know what? I don't want to start that. No, don't start that. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea? Yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't start that. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, after that, we have Tumble Fundleby. Yeah, Tumble Fundleby. Hey, hon. After that, we have Catherine the Clout Goblin. I like that. Hey, Catherine. I like that one. After that, we have the last one. Last one. Peaches Belmont and the Bobo Brazils. 
Yo, I'd go to that show. I don't know what kind of music it is. I have a feeling. Carnival act. I have a feeling. I have an idea. A burlesque show? That'd be a good burlesque show. I feel like wherever I'm watching it, they serve alcohol, but they do not have a liquor license. No. You know what I mean? It's like definitely a basement show where they're like, you know, this is like a venue, but it's more of an art space. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then you're like, "Mm, got it. Wash my hands. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, today's episode is going to be about Pat Robertson. Um, I have a lot to cover. Oh, yeah? I didn't know. Yeah, I have a lot to cover. Wow. You have a manic look in your eye. I was just going to think of some things to say off topic and bring it back to me. (laughs) 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 So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk all about the life and times of Of the worst person, you know. Yeah, maybe one of the worst people to ever live. Yeah. All right. I mean, maybe we should make a list. I don't feel. Hit the button. Pearl mania, Pearl mania, Pearl mania, Pearl mania. 500. Okay, so we are going to tell the story of Marion Gordon Robertson. Marion? Marion. Marion? M A R I O N. Uh, I thought that was a lady's name. That is the reason why he never went by it. Mm. We will get into that, but this is a story of. Pat Robertson, the televangelist who recently uh, passed away and gave all of us such joy upon hearing his death. Yeah, that was a nice day. Yeah, this man, Um, huge piece of shit. Is this story just going to be a retelling of the Righteous Gemstones? I wish. Oh, okay. I wish. I feel like they have more come up on a regular basis. (laughs) It's true. Like, I feel like... And they have John Goodman. Yeah, I mean, anything with John Goodman, instantly great. John Goodman, honestly, like as time has progressed, I'm like, you know what? I think he might be like my favorite, like one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's great. It's just like, is John Goodman in this? Yes, it's yep. great. Yeah, it's a great movie. It. It's gonna be a good time. King Ralph, amazing. All right, so tell me okay. about this guy. So his parents were named Absalon Willis Robertson and Gladys Churchill Robertson. What, what the hell? Yeah, and I looked it up because you know um, they were born. His dad was born in 1887. Oh, shit. And his mom was born in 1897. Okay. Uh, so his dad lived to be 84 years old, right. dying in 1971, and his mom passed in 1968 at the age of 71. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat's dad. Okay. I, 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 a lot of times this really gets glossed over mm-hmm. because I went and I watched a couple different YouTube biographies done. I didn't watch anything by... His networks. No. I didn't want to hear the propaganda, but I did watch like a few that were that were posted by like CBS, um, CNN, and some other things. Okay. Just to get like a high-level overview of kind of like what I wanted to cover. And the biggest thing is they all glossed over one thing, which was Pat Robertson's father. All right. So his full name was – his father's full name, Absalom Willis Robertson. But Absalom he, is an insane name. It's an insane name, which yeah. is why he went by A. Willis Robertson. Okay. Whenever they talk about Pat Robertson, they just mention that his dad was a big deal. He was from a very politically connected family in Virginia. Okay. Um, That is such an understatement. It's insane. Okay. His dad was a conservative Democratic politician for Virginia who was first elected to the Virginia State Senate in 1915. Holy God. Yes. That's so long ago. Yes. His dad uh, had to take a pause at one point in the state Senate where he was – because World War One happened. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how old his dad was. So old. So old. Because yeah. Pat Robinson was like 93 when he yeah. just died. 
Um, his dad took a pause. He didn't go overseas. He didn't fight in World War One no. in Europe. He stayed in Virginia and basically just did like basic cleric work and things like that. Everyone was just kind of involved in the, the war effort. Yeah. Um, at one point, I think he later also became a uh, like a state's attorney. Okay. Uh, and then in 1932, two years after Pat Robertson was born, because Pat mm-hmm. Robertson was born in 1930, um, Daddy, I'm going to call him Daddy Robertson. Daddy okay. Robertson was elected to the U.S. Congress. Okay. He represented Virginia, and he won his next six elections in a row representing uh, Virginia's 7th Congressional District. Uh, that's a lot of time. A to, lot. To, uh, yeah. Hold so, that yeah, and he's position. a congressman. He's in Virginia. Yeah. And going to D.C. is not far away. No, close. So also that means because of how close he is, he also has extra sway over other politicians because he knows everything local. Yeah. You know, when you have a politician from California or Wyoming, yeah, they might have power, but where are you going to sleep, bud? Yeah. Oh, you want to go get a good steak dinner? I know a guy. Like those type of things like really help with connections. Yeah. And those connections are heavily used all throughout Pat's life. In 1946, Daddy Robinson won a special election. Okay. Um, he won a special election. He became Virginia's federal senator. So he went from being a congressman mm-hmm. to a U.S. senator in 1946. He served um, the two years of that special term, mm-hmm. and then he won re-election three times in a row. Okay. So he served as a senator for 20 straight years. Jesus So Christ. this man worked in politics from 1915 to 1966. That's an incredible amount of uh, U.S. history to cover. Yes, yes. That is, if you're in high school, yeah. that's a year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And the, he was, and remember. The, the world, the difference in America in 1915 and 1960 is incredible. Yeah. Like. The difference in America between 1960 and 1966 is incredible. Yeah. I want to just remind everybody, I just want you to keep that year in your head. 19. 19- 66. Okay. It's going to be very important. Okay. Ooh. So um, his dad was involved. Daddy. With, sorry, Daddy Robertson. <laughs> Daddy Robertson was, was involved in a lot of different things, and he did have some pretty big power in the U.S. Senate. I bet. He was the chairman of the U.S. Senate Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs okay. from 1959 to 1966. You know, he was in the U.S. Senate during uh, just after World War II, but he was in Congress during World War II. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Cold War, all these different things are popping off. Now, in 1956, excuse me, in 1954, there was a, a very famous court case. Okay. I want you to guess what famous court case happened in 1954. Ugh, probably something really uh, civil rights based, maybe? Yeah, you're, you're going. Which one? Which one, though? Oh, um, integrating schools? Yep. Yes, nailed it. Brown v. Board of Education Mm -hmm. uh, happened in 1954. Let me guess he was on the wrong side of history. I I couldn't believe that you would guess that so well. Daddy. And in 1956, Daddy Robertson was one of the 19 senators who signed the Southern Manifesto. Oh, God. Against the Supreme Court decision of Brown v. Board of Education of Mm -hmm. Topeka. This... That the Brown v. Board of Education ended segregation, mandatory segregation throughout the South. Yeah. Only out of the in all of the former Confederate states, only three senators did not sign the manifesto. The manifesto. That is Al Gore Sr., mm-hmm. who was former Vice President Al Gore's dad. Daddy Gore. Daddy Gore. Um, uh, I think it's – I'm going to butcher this. Wait but, a minute. Do you just get into politics because your parents did? Yes. Huh. That's all how right. this always works. Like the Kennedys. Got yep. it. 
Uh, I, I'm going to butcher this next name. Estes Kafoffer. All right. That, that was the other senator from Tennessee, like, out, like Daddy Gore. And also Senate Majority Leader Lyndon Baines Johnson of Texas. I was going to crack up if you said Mitch McConnell. I was like, that no. man's been alive forever. He has been alive forever. <laughs> that fucking cockroach. Um, the Southern Manifesto was written by Strom Thurmond. Oh, God. Do you know who that is? I have. I know a little bit of who, okay. but it's not good. For our listeners, Strom Thurmond was one of the most virulent racists in the history of mm-hmm. the U.S. Senate, and that is fucking saying something. Yeah. He was a Democrat elected from uh, South Carolina. In, I think, starting back, is either the 30s or the 40s. And he broke from the Democratic Party, eventually creating the Dixiecrats, which were a lot of conservative, conservative Democrats who tried to make their own party at one point, mm-hmm. um, beginning the splintering of the party. And when and, you say conservative, you just mean racist. Yeah, just straight up racist. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was with all the other white racists from the South, and then they all flipped. It's called the party switch. Mm-hmm. And the re- we'll get into that in a little okay. bit. But Strom Thurmond wrote the initial draft. It was then rewritten by another man, um, and then that was what was signed in 1956. Okay. In 1956 as well, Daddy Robertson wrote the following in the Christian Science Monitor. All right. It's a newspaper? Uh, Yeah, it's like a newspaper magazine type of thing. Um, I'm going to read this in my best Southern drawl. Oh, okay, cool. I'm with the immersive experience. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah. Virginia recognizes the correctness of the 1850 decision of the Massachusetts Supreme Court, and in the 155 subsequent decisions of the state and federal courts holding that the equal rights provision of a constitution could properly satisfy public schools for the white and colored races, which are separate but equal. During the last 10 years, notable progress has been made in the southern states in meeting the equality requirement. But that progress will be nullified by a program of rapid enforced desegregation. In fact, public education for both races in some southern states would be destroyed. The worst feature of the current desegregation effort, however, is the resulting bitterness and racial animosities in areas where harmony heretofore prevailed. Southerners believe that the cherished constitutional right of every citizen to select his personal associates is being violated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when you may do that voice, it reminds me of the politician in the best little whorehouse in Texas. Texas. Ooh, I do, do a little, little sidestep. Side yeah. yeah. Is there that to Yeah, me? that's so what I was doing. So I expect you to start dancing. Ooh, yeah. Um, and also... Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, by the way, if you've never watched it, I don't like musicals. Wait, there's no way people listen to our podcast have never watched I, Best this, Little Whorehouse in Texas. I don't know if you know this. I checked the analytics. Like, a lot more people than I expected listen to this shit. Uh-huh. I'm shocked. Like, a lot of people listen to it. But I'm telling you. It's yeah. one of the greatest movies of all time. It's amazing. It's an amazing movie. I might movie. watch it tonight now that we've brought I, it up. I only knew about The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas because of a joke in The Venture Brothers, my favorite cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then I started dating you, and you were like, <laughs> I, I love Dolly Parton. And I was like, I'm going to watch this once a month yeah, on you DVD. Just, <laughs> you just pop the DVD out, and I was like, I guess we're watching a There's porno. Certain, uh, certain movies, I just yeah. like, what's the other one? Oh, I, I don't listen. This is an admission. But Ever After, the Drew Barrymore classic, that DVD, that's like a listen. We're going to watch Ever After every once in a while. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, I wait. You know what it is? It's I'll because watch- the, their, what is it called? The way they speak their accents. Yeah. It, 
they're so bad in ever after <laughs> in, in ever, ever after, after they're so terrible. bad because sometimes they're doing french sometimes they're doing english and sometimes they're just fully just drew barrymore's voice yeah it's just some girl from california There's no continuity no, with none. the accents and i live yeah um i like that movie for one reason one reason only what uh, james marston's in it Okay. Yeah. And James Marston never deserves what happens oh, to him in any movie. Poor James Marston. Every movie that man gets cut. Okay. Hard. So you're this manifesto is still going because it's just what they do to charter schools now. Basically, yes. And actually, we'll get into that a little bit more. But if you listen to what I just read there and and really start to. Dr- dive down deeper into it, mm-hmm. you start to hear, I want to go ahead and translate a couple things to you in modern parlance, okay. right? Like this last line, Southerners believe that the cherished constitutional right of every citizen to select his personal associates is being violated. Mm. They're just trying to shove it down our throats. Well, yep. You know, the lines about, you know, hey, you know what? If we have to desegregate, then all schools are just going to be bad. Which is why they keep defunding public uh, that's education. That's why they defund public education. Yeah. All these different things. You can go through this, and this is actually a big moment throughout U.S. history. This, this has ripples. This is what they do to public transportation, too, because yes. once they desegregated buses, buses yep. then it was like, everybody needs your own car. We need to, yep. everybody gets a car. And it's like, if people weren't racist, they would yeah. realize that taking trains and public transit is so much better yes. in so many fucking ways. So many ways. But they were sold this racist idea that everybody needs a car. We're yeah. going to build big highways and like yeah. we could have incredible train you can, infrastructure. You can have a big highway that goes right over all the poor people. Uh, that's a different episode. We already did that one. I know. It was called Redlining and it was a lot of episodes ago. You know, this is episode 24. Okay. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, in 1965. Okay. President Lyndon B. Johnson yep. signed the Civil Rights Act mm-hmm. and the Voting Rights Act. Yeah. The Civil Rights Act that was actually signed in 1964, Voting Rights Act in 1965. Mm-hmm. Um, while he was, he, he wanted to drum up support for this. So LBJ sent his wife, Lady Bird Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, amazing name. Perfect. Great every name. time, every time. Yeah, the Lady fact, Bird's cool I name. always thought Lady Bird Johnson, by the way, I thought the Lady Bird was one word. Nope. Two separate words, both words capitalized. Shut up. It's Lady Bird. Her middle Bird. name's Bird? I guess. That's so cool. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Anyway, Lady Bird Johnson was sent on a whistle-stop train tour of the South okay. to try to gather support. So she traveled all over the South and was like, hey, y'all, let's just be like a little. I'm not saying don't be racist. I'm just saying we don't need to have, we don't need to keep purchasing two water fountains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could save money. And they were like, Fuck you. Oh, jeez. Out of all of the Southern U.S. senators, only four refused to meet the First Lady during this tour. Who were the four? I don't have all of them, but one of them was Daddy Robinson. Oh, okay, Daddy Robinson. Yeah, Daddy Robinson refused. Okay. Re-fucking-fused. All right. Because he was like, no, you're trying to do desegregation. That's my whole thing. All right. I was born in 1887. (laughs) And you are telling me that we're the same? Like, that is what this... I want to remind people. This is why there needs to be age limits in these jobs. Yes. You're too old. So this enraged uh, Lyndon Bain Johnson so much that he bombed Vietnam. Um, Wait, what? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Hold on. No, actually, uh, LBJ is very famous for holding a grudge. It's one of my favorite things about him. Mm -hmm. He also liked to show his dick to uh, random people in the office. shouldn't do that. Not women, though. Usually men. He was just like, look at my big old hog. So what you're describing is a line cook. Yeah, no. Every line cook I know had a fucking grudge. He had a list of enemies, and he was going to show his dick to everybody in the kitchen. You know what? Not the waitresses. Yeah. 
No, he was but just as like, if you walked in, he was showing the dishwasher his wanger, yeah. and then everybody's like, ah. There's a famous, uh, <laughs> there's a very famous tape of LBJ that was released in recent years mm-hmm. because you know you know how Nixon had the White House tapes. Yeah, that was installed by LBJ. Okay, because LBJ was like, no, I'm using them to build my memoirs, and so he was recording conversations, all these different things. He's like, there's so much going on, I can't remember everything. Yeah. So there's a famous one where he's... And then he hid them in his Mar-a-Lago estate. <laughs> no, he didn't. Not LBJ. <laughs> LBJ had a tape, though, that was released from the catalog where it's him arguing to arguing with his tailor. He's like, I need more length on the left side. From, you know, basically, he, I can't remember. For, I think he said for his hog. Yeah. But specifically, he goes, and I need, I need you to pull it up a little bit. It's, I mean, to, to loosen a little bit in the back. It's, it's rubbing on my bunghole. And it's just like <laughs> hearing a president say bunghole. Breaks my brain. Uh, but anyway, LBJ mm-hmm. famous, famously keeps grudges. Yeah. Fucking is a hater. Sure. Hate, hate, hate. Yeah. All day. So what did LBJ do? LBJ went out of his way and recruited a candidate in the Democratic Party to primary Daddy Robertson. That's what you got to do. He was like, fuck you. You're such a racist. You won't meet my white wife. Yep. You piece of shit. It's on. That's like Mike Pence. Can't talk to your wife yep, without my wife in the room. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So this basically, it, it came down. It was head to head. Daddy Robertson okay. versus LBJ. Okay. Who won? Uh, Daddy Robertson lost the primary. Oh. It is considered the largest upset in Virginia political history. Who was upset? Let that man retire. He's been being racist and awful for decades at <laughs> yeah, this point. It's just an old shriveled. <laughs> it's like the, uh, what's that one bit you love from SNL? Oh, the the oil baron. Yeah. Perkins. <laughs> J.R. Perkins. J.R. Perkins. I want to be. <laughs> I filled her belly with my fettered seed. Yeah. I was born six months early and, and they Kept put me in a cooking pot. pot. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favorite sketches of all times. So I will watch that when I eat Lucky yep. Charms later. <laughs> so, um, Daddy Robertson, mm-hmm. he is such an asshole. Okay. Like, I want to just put that. He, I figured that. So, he loses the primary. Okay. He takes it well. He, he takes it well. The guy who beats him. And mm-hmm. now, the reason why he lost the primary, by the way, is because. Black people could vote. Oh. <laughs> and they were just like, yo, fuck this dude. Yeah. So he was like, come yeah. on, all you whites. All you whites vote for me. And then black people showed up. They were like, this guy's kind of a dick. And then like white people were like, this guy's like super old and like oh, fucking dick. And then yeah. it was just enough of a coalition to knock him out. And then the- they were like, let's invite invent gerrymandering. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he lost to a guy named William Spong Jr. Spong? Spong. What the heck is this episode's name? I know. I know. Actually, you know what? Let me pull it up. I want to read you this thing because I didn't put it in here initially, but now that your eyes lit up in such a way, I need to read you this joke. Okay. Because Spong is famous for his humor. Oh, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he was was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And so he gets elected. And so what happens is Daddy Robertson's such a dipshit. Yeah. That after the election, he resigns early because uh, you're actually, you know, in the Senate until I want to say like January 6th. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. Or like right around that time. Yeah. He resigns a couple days early mm-hmm. and Spong is immediately appointed by the governor of Virginia okay. to hold the seat, meaning that he actually has seniority in the Senate over all the other newly elected senators that are entering the Senate for the first time nice. now. Nice, okay. Because the Senate has this whole seniority system that's set up mm-hmm. because it was created by 
a bunch of slave-owning aristocratic psychopaths. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole point of the Senate. It's really just there to block, like, any legislation that could hurt, that could help common people. Yeah. So, um... It's good to know it's still going strong. So, Spong is invited to the National Press Club, and people keep calling him Sponge. Okay. Because his name is spelled S-P-O-N-G. But people, excuse me, S-P-O-N-G, yeah. Yeah. And then people keep saying it with an E on the end. They keep calling him Senator Sponge. Yeah. And so he gets up, and he's invited to give a five-minute introductory speech at the press club with the other senators there, where he could introduce himself, and he wanted to explain to everyone how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Because, again, in the media, especially when they're talking about him on the radio, they keep saying Sponge, and it's driving him crazy. So he says that the following, that his first act as senator— he announced in his deep Southern drawl would be to introduce, introduce a bill to protect the rights of songwriters in Hong Kong. He would be joined in this effort by the senior Senator of Louisiana, Russell Long and the senior Senator from Hawaii, Hiram Fong. And together they would present the long Fong Spong Hong Kong song bill. No one ever mispronounced his name again. Wow. That is that is like the most cutting 60s humor you could get. Wow. That wasn't like the most racist shit you well, ever heard. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't it's know what good. to say about it. I mean, he couldn't take it on the road. I wouldn't see it in Vegas. I'll say that. No, but you know what? Honestly, back then, it would have crushed. It would have crushed. He would have been opening for Liberace. Oh. He'd be like, I'm Spong. And everybody'd be like, yay. Anyway. Spong uh, would narrowly lose his reelection in Virginia in 1972, and the Democrats would then lose control of all of the U.S. Virginia Senate seats uh, until the late 80s, mm-hmm. because this is the time of the party switch. Yeah, because um, they all, the in quotes, conservatives went to Republican Party. Yes. Uh, Got it. Daddy Robertson then died in 1971, and he was buried in the Stonewall Jackson Memorial Cemetery. Oh, Jesus Christ. This cemetery uh, recently changed its name to Oak Grove Cemetery in September of 2020. Yep. When the city council voted to not name it that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Stonewall Jackson was a uh, Confederate general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah because it was, but here's the funny part. There, People were like, it's tradition. It was originally called the Presbyterian uh, cemetery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this is what you get when you start clicking through hyperlinks. Yeah, because it was owned by a Presbyterian church. Yep. Then the Presbyterian church gave it to the town. Okay. And then in 1949, as segregation became more and more of an issue, mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, Stonewall Jackson's buried here, and so are a bunch of other Confederates. We're going to call it the Stonewall Jackson." Yeah, because all the monuments popped up during the, during, during the 50s and 60s because yeah. they were trying to. Yeah, they they kept wanting to be like, it's, "We've been like this forever." <sighs> yeah. So. That is, um, that's his dad. Okay. I just, uh, immediately what I've learned and what we all know about Pat Robinson's death as well is that that song, The Good Die Young, is true. Because if you're terrible, you just live forever. I'm dead serious. I know. I know. That's why, like, I think, I think I need to pick, I think I need to just, like, you know, like, pick some group that Uh doesn't have power. Yeah. And just hate the fuck out of them. No, we're not punching down. And then I'll live together. We're not punching down. But come on. No. No. All right. What do you want to live that long for? I don't know. Have you ever it, met someone that old? It's exhausting to be that old. Also, like every day is getting worse. So I don't know. It, yeah. Like maybe I, I don't know how it's going to be. Well, you know what? I was doing the math with this, right? Because he was born, Daddy Robinson was born yeah. 19, excuse me, 1887. Yeah. So he lived to 1971. Okay. Right? It's insane. Well, and you and I were both born 1984. Yeah. So I'm like 2068, maybe. That's insane. 
Like, that's crazy. I don't want to be here for that. No. They're going to be in, like, uh, internment cancel Mars for poor people. That's where I'm going to end up. Well, no, I'm not going to Mars. They're going to send us to Mars. No, I'm different. No, you're not. I'm different. Oh, Because I'll be, I'll be the, the voice of Blue Chew. Oh, They're God. like, you can't have Blue Chew on Mars. Oh. The gravity's lighter and people's blood pump's different. <laughs> <laughs> They'll die. Yeah, you can't take Blue Chew on Mars. No. It's going to be really weird when Blue Chew reaches out. <laughs> Blue Chew reaches out. All right. So now on to Pat Robertson. Okay, we're getting to the main guy. Or should I say Marion? Yeah, I think you should say Marion. Or should I say M. Gordon Robertson? Maybe just call him Mary. See, because that's the thing. Because is... the short, the nickname for Marion is either Mary or Anne. Yeah. Mary. So the thing is, is a lot of these weird 50s <clears throat> born, 50s and 60s era uh, conservatives that mm-hmm. really come up, him, Mitch McConnell, a bunch of them. Yeah. The, the name we know them as is always fake. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's the middle name, but a lot of times, because it's like guys would have like the name like Beauregard or some other weird shit like mm-hmm. that, and they wanted to make, kind of like with TV, the, the our cultures stopped being regional, and we started trying to like really – blend more mm-hmm. it's the reason why if you go back to especially in the 80s and the 90s every television reporter has a midwestern accent yeah because the midwestern accent was considered the quote-unquote american accent and now because of social media we're starting to actually rebuild our accents oh okay because people like the effect People of, really like my accent. They're like, she's real good at pronouncing things. Yeah, her pronunciation is <laughs> she sure do know how to speak good over there. Yeah. Um. Okay. Listen, I'm not usually for this. Yeah. But I feel like we should dead name them the whole time. You think so? <laughs> I think we should dead name them. I, the whole here's time. the reason why I don't want to do that. All right. There's only We're one reason. Honor his name. No, no, no. That no. He has chosen. There's for only himself. one thing because I want people to remember every sec time I say Pat Robertson. Yeah. I, in your head, think is dead. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Because if I say Marion Robertson is dead, it doesn't carry the weight. Yeah. Pat Robertson is fucking dead. If you're listening to this, congratulations. You outlived Pat Robertson. Yeah. I would also like to point out two things. From this point forward, one, we did not hit the no Nazis button. Oh. That that being said, I did not hit the not like they, in no point in this did I find overt Nazis. Mm-hmm. However, Uh-oh. this man builds the groundwork for so many of them that they are basically <gasps> there. The second thing mm-hmm. I will not do okay. is I refuse to hit the allegedly button for anything I'm about to say about Pat Robertson. Yeah, because he's dead. Not only is he dead, everything that you've ever thought about this man is fucking true. He's a fucking monster, mm-hmm. and he found glee in the death of so many people. Mm-hmm. Over the years, and he went live on the air and repeatedly said awful things. He he just fucking like he when Haiti got hit by an earthquake, Mm -hmm. he said it was because they had a pact with the devil. Yeah. When the tsunami hit in Southeast Asia, he said it because they hadn't uh, accepted Christ. Mm -hmm. When Hurricane Katrina happened, he said it was due to abortion and feminism. This man, I'm I am hoping against all hope mm-hmm. that when he showed up the devil was like fuck dude mm. i don't even know where to start i mean hear me out i feel like the devil's like hey you you suck hard yeah. because like i just the, i like is the devil a bad guy i don't know the more i think about god and the devil i'm like devil doesn't seem not the bad guy god in the bible kills like 
24 million people. Yeah, how many does Satan kill in the Bible? Like six? I'm not, the stats. The stats are bad. Okay. You know, <laughs> this is the pool quote that will be used against us if we ever run for office. <laughs> I'm not going to run for office. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> your face just made a whole thing. <laughs> All right. So um, the thing is, like I said, a weird amount of conservative psychos from this era, they yeah. all use fake names because they're all embarrassed by their actual name. And mm-hmm. also the other part of it too is I think that it's, it creates a split from when they're children. Mm-hmm. So like when they're a kid, he's running around, everybody's calling him Marion. Yeah. Everybody's calling him Marion. Well, then he goes away to school and he starts going by Pat. Yeah. And it's a split then between his childhood and his adulthood. All right. That's the one armchair, uh, you know, therapist type of psychologist. I don't want to care about that. But you may notice. Mm-hmm. Marion Gordon Robertson. There's no Patrick in there. Yeah, I've been waiting for the answer. You want to know where it came from? Yeah. His older brother. He stole his brother's name? No. Oh. When Pat was a baby, Mm -hmm. his older brother, when his older brother was six, would sit next to him and slap him on his little face and go, Pat, 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 on his little chubby baby cheeks. Mm -hmm. And Pat hated it. Okay. But as he got older, he realized that Marion was a girl's name. Okay. And then he didn't want to walk in his father's footsteps and go by M. Gordon Robertson the way his dad was A. Willis Robertson. Mm-hmm. He wanted to not be considered a Nepo baby. He, he wanted to be seen as a self-made man. And so because of that, he went by Pat. Because his brother used to squish his cheeks. Yep, and go Pat, 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 Pat. Oh, my God. And that is the most I'm going to humanize this man is picturing yeah. him as a baby and just popping him on the cheeks. Yeah, let's never make him human again. So for Pat's early schooling was in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, that's uh, he then weird. Went to, I thought they were in Virginia. Yeah, but his dad's in D.C. Okay. Um, and it seemed like it, a lot of these also are like away schools. Yeah. Where he's just sent to because yeah. that's what you did with the boy back then. You sent him away. He's also the second son, so who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, so he's sent to Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, he then for like his middle high school era, mm-hmm. uh, because again, they're like a little bit different back then at the way these are all private schools. He's then sent to Chattanooga, Tennessee. All right. And then for college, he went to Washington and Lee University, okay. uh, which is in Virginia, right near the Stonewall Jackson Memorial Cemetery. Oh, okay. Uh, whose name was changed after the 2020 George Floyd riots. Okay. Um, and I just want to point out, um, all of those schools were segregated. Every single one of these schools are highly, highly segregated, yeah, yeah. including Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland was also segregated, and it was also a slave state for mm-hmm. people to remind people. Yeah. 1948, um, he graduates from Washington and Lee, and he joins the U.S. Marines. Oh, Okay. Uh, there was a little war going on called the Korean War. Yeah. You might have heard about it. They yeah. made a TV show called MASH. Um, he joined the Marines, okay. not because he's a patriot, but because if he didn't join the Marines, he would have been forced to be drafted into the Army. So he joined the Marines, and he okay. served in the Korean War. Yeah. Um, I read a bunch of accounts of him talking about his time in the Marines. Um, he was awarded three battle stars. Okay. So for like whatever stuff you do, I'm yeah. sure listeners in the military know what a battle star is. Um, yeah. The thing is, I'm not going to go too much into that because 40 years later, a Republican congressman who served in the Marines at the same time as Pat Robertson yeah. came forward and claimed that Daddy Robertson used all of his influence as a senator to make sure that Pat never saw combat. I was going to say, there's no way this Nepo baby like saw Absolutely combat. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. And then I'm, I'm going to stick with that. And I believe I believe the congressman yeah. who was like, dude, fuck this dude. My this dude is a liar. My grandfather fought in the Korean War. He's in the Navy. Yeah. He got uh, skin cancer mm. because they, what they used to do 
was they would uh when the submarines came up from the water Mm -hmm. they would lay out like the guys would just oil up with baby oil or cooking oil and lay out in the sun oh, to get a tan to get a tan yeah. and he got skin cancer from that yeah yeah well that's how you cook somebody you cover yourself in cooking oil and then well lay on a dark submarine and just I, aim have you ever yourself been in, the in the new jersey they're still doing it out i know there. that's true that's true <laughs> but now they got to pay for a tag to be on the beach oh hey oh all right so um pat uh in the 80s sued this congressman for libel because Pat really? was like, yo, fuck you, dude. Libel's hard to prove because you have to prove they're lying. Yes, very hard to prove. Um, eventually, Pat dropped the lawsuit. I bet. Of yeah. course he did. Seven months later. Yeah, you can't prove it. And I found this quote in the Washington Post. Yeah. And it was, I was like shocked it wasn't paywalled. Okay. McCl- McCloskey was the name of the congressman. Sure. McCloskey said the weight of the evidence in the case left Robertson no choice but to back out. Quote. I had 20 former Marines ready to testify that that his old man got him out of combat, and I think he really realized that this wouldn't look good to Southerners and the great tradition of the Confederacy and Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson. Jesus Christ. Right? There's no good people in this. There's no good people in this. Every single time you're like, ah, oh. Yeah. All right. Um, Now, in 1954, uh, Pat uh, marries his sweetheart and they stay Ugh. married the rest of their lives imagine being Ad- his sweetheart adelia dd Dee Dee elmer mm-hmm. she goes by dd Dee Dee. everybody knows her as dd Dee Dee in All 1954 right. adelia is kind of a cool name i'm gonna be honest adelia is kind of a cool name adelia is a pretty cool name yeah it feels you know it's almost amelia bedelia it's almost there it's just adelia yeah it um, does kind of make me think of the black dahlia hmm. so hmm. it's a little weird well, Pat may or may not have been a uh, serial killer, so who knows? He had the face for it. Um. Okay. Um. So in, they said this was for love. Yeah, they're sweethearts. They're sweethearts. How much younger was she than him? Um. Because that's always a thing. I didn't actually. Whenever they say, "Oh, it's my sweetheart," it's always, and they're in the well, south. So they were both in college at the same time. Oh, okay. So they're actually well, close. All right. Because here's the thing about Dee Dee. Dee Dee was actually she's from Ohio. All right. And she was like a Ohio beauty queen. Like she was oh. in like those like different like Miss Ohio. The things. prettiest gal in Ohio. Yeah. So she so back then, you mm-hmm. know, they'd have a scholarship. Like now it's like the scholarship's the same amount. If you do a beauty pageant, it's like 300 bucks in yeah. a lot of these cases. They didn't raise the money. They didn't raise the money. But back then, like 300 bucks, they're like, that's a four-year education right yeah. there. Um, she had a nursing degree from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And then she actually was attending Yale for her master's in nursing. Wow. So she actually is like smart. I, uh, this is one of those book smarts versus street smarts situations. Yeah, and like very odd, into. very odd. Um, so the thing is, is they always said it was for love. It wasn't until the 80s when Pat was being interviewed that he accidentally said a different date than he had always been saying about their wedding. Okay. Because it was a shotgun wedding. He had gotten her knocked up. Ah, there it is. And when people called him out on it, he said, that was before I got saved. Always. God, that's always their excuse. Always their excuse. Damn. So in 1955, Pat went to Yale Law School. So he's a real man of the people so far. He's going to nothing but private institutions. Yeah. His dad's a U.S. senator. Yep. Mm -hmm. A U.S. senator. He gets into Yale. He graduates top in his class from Mm -hmm. Yale. Um, He then moves to New York City. Okay. How'd that go? Uh, He sits down to take the New York State Bar Exam. How'd that go? He failed. I bet. And then he never took it again. Shut up. He didn't try to go to a different state? He claimed in in later life, he would say that, you know, he wanted to pass the bar, but he didn't want to be a lawyer. His dad was a lawyer, and he said that he wanted to pass the bar to help him in business. Mm -hmm. But something 
changed in 1956. So while his dad is screaming segregation slogans in yeah. the U.S. Senate and just saying the weirdest shit you've ever fucking heard, yeah. Um, Pat Robertson and his wife went to a very special place. What was that place? It's a place you're very familiar with. I am? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Have I been there? Yes. Is it my favorite place? I would say it's a place. It's the place I've been. Yep. It's a city. It's a city. And this is going to change their life, this city? Forever. Is it Dollywood? No. Oh, my God. Um, A person from Virginia. I want you to think of a place you know very well. Uh, Philadelphia? Yes. Shut up, really? Pat and his wife go to dinner in Philadelphia. Okay. And while he's there... He meets a Dutch missionary. Yep. Named Cornelius Vanderbregen. Vanderbregen. Yep. Okay. He's a he's an author and a World War II veteran. Okay. Who is a devout? He was Dutch. Yep. What side was he on in that World War II? Uh, I I mean honestly, I think that's a good one. Okay. I feel like the Dutch. Uh, the Dutch they still don't get any good credit. No, no, no. They don't get any good credit. No. They also their history with slavery. Their history is, is bad. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, but this this missionary converts pat to become born again christian at dinner at dinner you better leave me alone at dinner in philadelphia where the fuck were they eating pat robertson entered philadelphia and he and he, this is the first man to go to philadelphia and believe and actually then believe in god no that is not like god That's has not, never been god in philadelphia. Is not in philadelphia like i just want to be clear i just also need to say like if i'm eating at a restaurant i'm out here at uh columbus ave foe and somebody scoots up next to me and starts trying to tell me about religion? From what I could Get tell. Get out of here. So from what I could tell, I think they were at a dinner with this man. Okay. I don't think it's a random man. And the way Pat usually would tell it, and in some of the interviews, like biographical interviews I watched yeah. uh, that he had from like Good Morning, uh, like a, a CBS This Morning and a few other things, he would just say a missionary converted him. A missionary. So it always gave the feeling of like, he, he'd steep it and hide it a couple layers down. So uh-huh. it's like, I was walking down the street with my briefcase, and then a man it walked up to like me and said, you need Jesus. And then I, I fell, and, you know, no, he's having a dinner with a man, and then the man, you know. I know exactly. I've just solved the puzzle in my head. Yeah. Which is that him and his gal, they went to probably a dinner club where you meet yeah. like-minded people, Yeah. which is the Union League, mm. and they go to the Union League, and they have all kinds of people there. It's like a cigar club yeah, for conservatives. For, for conservative Republicans. And yep. I'm sure they met him there. I'm sure his dad was a member of the Union League as well, being Absolutely. a U.S. senator. Yeah. Yeah. That's it where, had to be the Union League. That's where all And that's the... where your railing gets stolen from. And we all laugh. <laughs> you got to explain to people that. Oh, okay. So. Uh, the Union League is on Broad Street, by the way. It's right near the city hall. It is a yeah. giant building. Mm-hmm. Whenever you hear about a Republican coming to Philadelphia. They all go there. They always go to the Union League. This yeah. is where they hold fundraisers. This is where lobbyists go. It's yeah. this very old building. It's like a a bar association. So like it's like a bar association for lawyers, yep. but just for conservatives. Yep. It like different politicians, lawyers, uh people of business. And so it's like this very specific building. It's been there forever, just it's same time as City Hall. And it is actually a beautiful building. And it's got this inc- incredible staircase. It's like a double staircase that wraps around the opening of the building. And the thing about Philly is, 
if you have copper anything, someone's going to steal that shit and yep. take it to um, scrap a, a scrapyard and get cash for it. So, yep. you know, back in the day, people, when uh, houses would go, for, well, this actually still happens, but like if a house goes for sale, you got to keep an eye on a vacant house because people will break into the house and steal the copper pipes. Yeah, and the wiring. Them. And the wiring. Yeah, yeah. all that shit. Yeah. So anyway, a very, uh, a man of business is what I'm going to call him. A man of business. Uh, realized that the two railings that were on the Union League building are, you know, 100 years old or more. And pure and copper. And 100% thick copper. And he saw to himself, I'm going to get that. And so he did. He spent the whole night just pulling dislodging. On pulling, no, but just pulling on it. He just, didn't even have tools. He just no, ripped he just it out. He him. ripped it out of stone. Yeah. And then he walked all the way across the city he so technically he walked from downtown to Fishtown area yep. to a dragging scrapyard, it. dragging it, dragging. And there and, is video of the whole thing, every yeah. business along this, the way. And I want to point out something. This is this Incredible. is a man alone. Mm-hmm. It is like a thirteen foot hand railing, huge hand railing, and he's just dragging it, and like sparks are shooting <laughs> off of it, and he's like, "I'm gonna get so much heroin." <laughs> He's so excited. I'm excited for him. And, and the thing is, it took like hours before anyone even noticed. And yeah. then the cops are like, "How do we uh, put it? What are we putting APV out for? The world's longest hand railing." Yeah, and um, he did get caught because, of yeah. course, the scrap people were like, "The fuck <laughs> is this?" Yeah, dude. And then there was so much video, and they played it on the news. It was everywhere. It was an iconic video situation because it's just this man dragging this railing at like 3 a.m. across the city. And there are people that see it, like people leaving bars, like, and they're just watching him walk by. And like, you know, in a city, you kind of just have this like mind your business attitude. You're like, yeah. oh, whatever's happened there is his business, yeah, yeah, not just, mine. I'm not stopping that man. <laughs> that just... man has a wild look in his eyes. He has 13 feet of hand railing. <laughs> I'm not fucking with that dude. That is the I'm ultimate weapon. The street. Yeah. So anyway, I think they were at the Union League. Yeah, That's what a, I decided. it sounds like. You know what? Now, the, the more you, you've built a really good case. Thanks. Um... So in 1960, mm-hmm. so oh sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit. Pat becomes a born again Christian. Okay, he enters into a biblical seminary in New York, and he receives his Master's of Divinity in 1959. So he couldn't pass the bar, so now he's doing this. Yeah, he couldn't pass the bar, so now he's a preacher. I think Kim Kardashian passed the bar. <laughs> Fuck you, Pat. <laughs> you dead bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm Kim Kardashian. I'm Pat Robertson. I know everything. The Lord talks to me. I'm Kim Kardashian. Um, I know how to file an appeal. Um, anyway, so he passes, you know, he he gets his Master of Divinity in 1959. When I was watching an interview, actually, his mm-hmm. wife uh like straight up was like, Yeah, I'm, I wasn't religious. Um, thought the whole thing was weird, but I went with him. Like it's pretty clear that she's just like if it works, it, like whatever. Like man, she got trapped in that marriage by that was, baby. If you go and see interviews with them, because a yeah. lot of times he would have his wife in interviews and yeah. to show that he's a human being. Yeah, and like she gets like a line out, and then he has to throw three on top of it. Of course, and they're all like little digs. You know, she would be like, "Yeah, you know, sometimes he talks a little too much about his, you know, his his weight loss program he's selling." He's like, "There she goes, always blah 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 blah." You know, oh. like. Yeah, because they're one of the those, generation that yeah. my wife is the worst. Yeah, and they can't get divorced. They hate every ugh, God, a whole um, generation of people that hate their wives. Yeah, I, I actually the CBS interview I watched with him, which I think wait was, he has a weight loss thing. We're gonna we'll get into it. Okay. Yeah, they always have a weight loss, baby. They always they all sell powders. It's true. This man, I can't wait to sell powders. This man, I want to let you know we've covered mm-hmm. a lot of grifters. Yeah, this is the king of grifters. 
Okay. Like, I, no, no, no. I want to be clear about something here. All right. The Liver King wishes he was Pat Robertson. Okay. I mean, yeah, because Liver King got caught. Yeah. Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones is Pat Robertson from Wish. <laughs> All right? Okay. I'm, that's uh, that's where we're at. I'm ready. Because in 1960, Pat founded an organization called the Christian Broadcast Network. Today, by most people might know it as CBN. Yeah. Um, and in 1961, Pat, in his words, uses his last few dollars and is able to raise some investors. And he buys a TV station, WYAH-TV, near Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, he begins this. And then this is the great irony to me. Okay. Is that, you know, Pat Robertson is famously a devout capitalist. Um, he comes from a conservative family. Mm-hmm. He's constantly screaming about the ills of communism. Uh, but his this station is basically run on the socialist public radio, public TV model, Ugh. where he's constantly asking for funding, and he gets a lot of funding to keep the station up through small donations from viewers and local churches. But here's the thing. If you look at the local church as just a nonprofit, congratulations, dude. You just made NPR. You just own it. Yeah. Um. In 1961, Pat was then formally ordained as a Southern Baptist minister under the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay. Um, so he is a member of the Southern Baptist Church and all those different things. I think the Southern Baptists were just in the news recently. Yeah. Because they took the, you they, can't have lady priests anymore. Yeah, they've, they've, they've had that stance for a very long time. Mm-hmm. What recently happened was a couple churches um, had, what they said actually, you can't have lady ministers. So mm-hmm. different levels in Southern Baptist churches. You, it's not priests. They have ministers, mm-hmm. and they have preachers, and they have deacons, and all these different levels of things. Yeah. They are saying that basically women can't hold positions of authority of any type. Okay. So the minister might be the minister of accounting. Got it. So you know what I mean? Like this, is, this, this role gets to a certain level, then that's a minister. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're not even talking from the pulpit. Yeah. We're talking about running certain organizations inside the church. And they were like, absolutely the fuck not. Then they'll get enough. They'll learn enough stuff that they'll leave us men's. Yeah. Um, And so there's been a fracturing. The other part about the Southern Baptist ministers is, again, in around 1964 to 1966, they also fracture as well uh, due to segregation. Okay. Um, Because segregation is godly? I mean, it's in the Bible. There's a lot of shit in the Bible. Yeah, I mean, that's what they'll claim. And that's literally what Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell and a lot of these televangelists will claim until they realize that black people have money and, and a television, too, and then suddenly they'll switch on that. But we'll get to that. Okay. 1962. The station he had started up. So Pat's doing the televangelist thing. Now, mm-hmm. I called my mom at this point. You called your mom? Yeah, because my mom's from North Carolina, and her family yeah. used to they used to spend their summers in Virginia Beach. Yeah. So they used to always go up there and get a house and all this different stuff. And so I asked my mom. I was like— what you know? What influence did Pat Robertson have on your community and people you knew? And she said none, mm-hmm. because Pat Robertson was such a crazy conservative, and my family in North Carolina, they were always Democrats, mm-hmm. and when but they were they were FDR uh, Roosevelt Democrats, yeah, and so when the stuff with like the Klan and segregation, all this different stuff like popped up, my family. We're just like, people should be able to go to school. It'll be better for everybody. I don't understand why I would be an assholes. Yeah. And so they were among among the Billy Graham group of people. And mm-hmm. Billy Graham was a big tent revivalist. Yeah. Who went on TV 
and he was spreading the overture. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves just just love Jesus and Jesus loves you and everything will be better. Okay. Versus Pat is very much there's evil in the world and Jesus will protect you. And if you are not part of Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, is there's a lot of Pat Robertsons. Yeah. There's a lot of them at this time. But what Pat had begun to realize mm-hmm. is, hey, a lot of these other televangelists are, they have radio shows, they have their TV show, they have these different things, mm-hmm. but they need to buy spots to broadcast. Yes. So he starts to own the platform. Yeah, okay. I see That's that. his idea. That's where his business goal comes uh, from. Oh, you know what? I just, this is what happened. My brain just had a little bubble because you're like, there's all these uh, evangelists screaming, you know, that mm-hmm. if you don't do Jesus the way they say you should do Jesus, that you're going to go to hell and whatever. Yeah. And then I, when you just, the my brain was like, yeah, duh, they're all over. And then you're like, oh, on TV. And I was like, oh, oh, right. Because. All the people on Instagram and TikTok are just televangelists yes. of our age. Yeah, and Twitter and all and those Twitter, different yeah. things. Which all, I never thought about. Yeah, no, before. they're they're all I mean in that framework. That's the one thing, you know, we've talked about before and and you know, slowly discover again mm-hmm. and again and again is all of these stories are the same on repeat. It's just a matter of how the technology allows you to deliver the story. Yeah. So if you go back even further, I mean the 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 televangelists are going off the big tent revivalists of yeah. the 20s. And the guys from the 20s are going off of when all of the new religions and all that different, the great spiritual awakening happened in the 1850s. Mm-hmm. And the guys from the 1850s, they're copying the guys during the Protestant Reformation. And those guys from the Protestant Reformation are copying so-and-so and so-and-so. And you just keep going back. Now and they're it's just, just Brittany Dawn on TikTok. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> so, 1962. Okay. Uh, the station suffers financially and almost close. Oh, no. Yeah, God, while he speaks directly to Pat Robertson, apparently he was not telling him how to balance, um, oh. you know, a balanced statement. Yeah, okay. Um, so at this point, it had a total operating budget of $700 per month, um, which is not a lot to run a whole TV station. Are you kidding me right now? Back in the 60s. $700 a month? Mm-hmm. And he couldn't get that together? He couldn't get it together. He's not a very good televangelist. So to keep the station on the air, mm-hmm. WYAH produced a special telethon edition of their programming. Yeah. Because they're not running 24 hours as well. They're like, back then as well, you would just be off air. So if you ever see that test pattern that gets put up, yeah, that is from back in the day. They used to not run at certain hours because they're like, people don't watch now. It or- was like a telethon. Right. Yeah, yeah. So what he puts on is he puts on a telethon, mm-hmm. and for the telethon, Pat Robertson sets a goal. What's the goal? He wants to get seven hundred members, each contributing ten dollars per month. Okay. Uh, ten dollars per month is the equivalent of ninety-seven dollars today in twenty twenty-two. Oh, what? Yep, that's how much inflation has run up. Okay, number one, that fucking inflation. Ten X. But also, he was trying to get people to pay ninety dollars. He's get, trying to get them to pay ten dollars. But that's in, the equivalent of ninety. That would have been an equivalent of ninety dollars. Yes, if they would pay ten dollars per month for just ten dollars a month, one hundred and twenty dollars a year, you can make sure that our message about the Lord can get out to the people. Holy shit! Okay. Also, during this time, uh, he is uh, like doing a lot of like laying on hands to heal sick people. Yeah, shit yeah, and bullshit. yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 telethon. Is a big success. Oh. It's a huge success. People love it. And Pat starts referring to members of this telethon and the people who give the money okay. as members of the 700 Club. 
Right. Right. So that's where the name of the TV show comes. Oh. The 700 Club. And with that, uh, the storm has passed, but we will take a pause so I can turn the air conditioner on for a minute because I am sweating bullets over here. I need here. a snack. Yeah. So we're going to take a little pause. And when we come back, we will talk more about the growth of the 700 Club and the CBN Network. Okay. we're back yeah i had a snack you had a snack yeah and i had a thought while i was eating my blueberry fig newton um i can't think of any tv show off the top of my head yeah that i'd be willing to pay what approximately would be 90 dollars a month for yeah i mean we do we do have a patreon of our show where people pay three to five dollars a month that's incredibly different than 90 dollars yeah well that's again with inflation I know. I your inflation is saying they're asking for a ten. Yes. But it's the value is ninety. Yes. So I'm saying if against current standards, if I was watching a show <clears throat> pardon me, or a YouTube thing and they were like, Yes, yeah, sign up for our Patreon for nine dollars a month mm-hmm. I can't think of one that I I would be like, I don't know what form of entertainment that I'd be willing to pay. Well, you, it's crazy. Well, you know, premium users of Blue Chew, if they pay $92 a month, <laughs> you know what show they get to see? What? Hard Dick. Alex. What? That's what Blue Chew gives you. Oh, my God. Dick ain't they been do, hard? They do not pay us for all of this promotion. It's generic Viagra that comes in gummy form. Oh, my God. Um, Are you afraid of swallowing pills? I wonder if it gives you cavities. That'd be a really funny. Blue Chew? Yeah, like because you know if you're always chewing like gummy candy, you can get cavities. Listen, all I know is at some point I'm gonna get their money. <laughs> I want their money. Blue Chew, right. listen up. Okay, but no, that was the only thought I had while I was eating my little snack. Like, That's that, a good like, thought. There's nothing. I can't think of anything that I'd pay that much for each month. So the let's get back to <laughs> all of this. So the 700 Club, the place I used to party at in North Liberties. Uh, That's a much different 700 Club. Mm. Much different 700 Club. It was a good time. The 700 Club of Pat Robertson fame oh, and okay. of the Christian Broadcasting Network. Different, yeah. That would be, it was, this telethon idea was so popular. Really? It, like, people like the telethon more than anything else he's ever done on the show. Weird. And so he makes it its own show. And the hosts were a, a, a husband and wife TV preacher duo. Okay. Named Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, right. Yes. I know who they are. Yes. So for our listeners who don't know, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker are famous televangelists mm-hmm. whose takedown uh, and crumbling before society in the late 80s mm-hmm. was to such a level that had been unheard of. Yeah. Uh, Jim, I think it was Jim was famously caught not only cheating on Tammy Faye, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also... He would claim that he could speak to God to nope things about people in the audience. Okay. And people were able to like tap in because he was doing it through a series of radios. Yep, yep. And then Tammy Faye was famous because she used to wear like really bad makeup. Yep. She was just this really like weird Midwest Southern combo odd thing. Tammy Faye actually died a few years ago, but Jim Baker is actually back on TV doing the televangelist thing. He's still alive. He's still alive. And he sells – you know, a bug out bags. Yeah, he sells food buckets. Oh yeah, he's the food bucket guy. Yeah, the all the crazy people sell those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the big part of his though is to get these food buckets because end of times. Listen, when revelations hits and all the sinners are not being pulled to heaven, you know all this different stuff. Even though like when the end times comes, you're gonna eat powdered meatloaf. Yeah, 
Come on. Out of a bucket. You just Mom. add water. Yeah. I was, uh, I think it was the, what's his name? The frogs are gay guy. He also used to sell the bucket. All of them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All of them do. So um, this show in the 60s becomes huge. Now, Jim and Tammy were also really known for doing children's Christian programming. Okay. So a lot of like early ones where they would play with puppets and do all these different things. Puppets? Yeah, puppets. Puppets. Yeah, it was for kids. So they have like, if you go back and look at especially 60s up until the early 70s, there's a lot of puppets. Like Mr. Rogers with puppets. I know. There's a lot of puppets. I know. Because also, they, the, Mr. Rogers had that that one creepy lady with the red nose. Yeah. Ugh. God. Nightmares. Yeah. But a lot of that was a lot of them did the same thing because like kids like puppets. It's either puppets or cartoons. Do and cartoons, kids like puppets? They did in the sixties. They didn't have video games yet. Yeah, they didn't have Minecraft and Fortnite and TikTok. They had none of these things. Okay, wow. Where big old Uncle Al screams we at them that the revolution like started. Kids on TikTok because you showed me that one with that guy with Shrek, and I was like, this this is a children's app allegedly. Yeah, and that man was getting booped by <laughs> Shrek. Via a filter that is built into TikTok. See? Not for kids. Not for kids. Anyway, um, so from 1962, 1972, Jim and Tammy Faye Mm -hmm. are the face of the 700 Club. Yeah. In 1972, Pat fires Jim and Tammy. Ooh. Uh, It's not said specifically what the fire, what, what, like, set it off. Okay. Uh, but it was not amicable. Ooh, it was a dis- drama. philosophical disagreement is how it's listed. Philosophical, huh? Yes. Uh, however, it was noted that when after they left, the crew of the TV station uh, burned the puppets. What? Yeah, they were like, fuck them, dude. Fuck these people. I'm going to burn these fucking puppets, motherfucker. Yo, yeah. What? Yeah. They, that, I was like, they I like wonder which side they destroyed I'm in every... on this like terrible people fight. And But when if you're creating a scenario where people need to burn the puppets. To feel better? I Yeah, for the catharsis. Yeah. I think um, I think you're the bad guys out of the bad guy fight. We're burning you in effigy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like uh, when you we were talking about Zuckerberg and what's his name? Fight, oh, yeah, fighting yeah, in a cage. Yeah, it's like, I don't want either of them to win. Yeah, but I just want one of them. I, I hope them you. Fight. I hope you both lose. Yeah, <laughs> that's this. That's is, how yeah. I felt. But now the puppets are being burned. So Pat does uh, what any sane person would do. Sure. Uh, he just starts hosting the Seven Hundred Club himself. Okay. Cool. And the thing is about Pat is we're all used to super old Pat. Yeah. Younger Pat is very charismatic. I okay. mean, I, I had to watch a bunch of speeches from this man. So um, you've been converted then? Oh Did yeah. You sign us up for the Seven Hundred Club. Give me your hand. Yep. Okay, I'm holding his hand. You're healed. You no longer have celiacs. Oh, Do no more gluten-free pun- fig newtons. No more. Oh, we're going to save so much money, baby. Oh. <laughs> that we can then give loaf, to the Lord. A loaf of bread is not going to cost $7? No, it is oh, not. Oh, hell yeah. Under the power of Jesus, Jesus is going to reach through your soul, and he's going to go all the way down to your colon. He's going to say, colon, you will upset. You will, you will accept the body of Christ, and the body of Christ can only be made through gluten. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is going to cure you your alcoholism so you can you can accept the blood of Jesus Christ, which can only be made from wine. Wait a minute. You just put something in perspective. Yeah. My body rejects going to church on every level. Yeah, your body rejected <laughs> God. <laughs> I never put that together. No, I'm not eating what do you think, or wine. What do you think attracted me to you? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was like, all right, good. Yeah, she looks like the devil. She can't make me go to church. <laughs> um so 1974, the uh, 1972, Pat takes over as host. By 1974, it's going good. Okay. 
Uh, he begins to put the 700 Club into national syndication. So what that means back then is he would go to market television stations mm-hmm. and he would purchase airtime. Yeah. So he pays the TV stations. The TV stations then let him – you could either put in commercials mm-hmm. or you can do what Pat Robertson does on all of his shows. Sell people. Hell. Okay. If you don't give me money, you go to hell. you're going to hell. Yeah. Okay. Give me money, you're going to hell. Yeah. Give me money, I'll cure your cancer. Yeah. Through the television. All of that different stuff. It's yeah. all the classic televangelists. For wrestling fans, this is one of the many people Brother Love is based on. Who oh. was the Undertaker's first manager? He was a red-faced televangelist who wore a white suit. But how would he be around the Undertaker? It's He was just a bad guy, and the Undertaker was a bad guy when they first showed up. So they're like, Brother Love, he's your... Man, sometimes Vince McMahon really fails me with story consistency. Listen, the Undertaker's... Like, the Undertaker's manager should have been, like, the, well, eventually, the funeral man uh, No, eventually guy. it was. Eventually it was Paul Bearer, the funeral director. Yeah, the funeral director. That makes yeah. so much more sense. Yeah, eventually it was him, but at fir- they didn't have him at first. Oh, my God. So they just were like, I don't know, religion? Fucking make it Brother Love. <sighs> And the thing is, is well, you know what? You want to hear a real funny thing actually about that? What? Uh, so Undertaker famously debuted at a Survivor Series. Okay. Uh, but there was a second debut that evening. Okay. And the Undertaker debut, while pretty big and like immediate, immediately a success, mm-hmm. was not the one that was pumped up. Okay. Because Survivor Series used to happen on Thanksgiving. Oh, all right. It was a Thanksgiving pay-per-view. So you guys got done eating your meal. And then you sit down and you watch Survivor Series. That's sure. how it was sold as a family. So, okay. Th- yeah. So the whole thing was that uh, there was a giant egg. All right. Sitting in a, uh, like a, a nest. Okay. Like a giant egg. Like the I, size I of a Volkswagen. You. I got okay? you. Okay. And the whole time they keep cutting back to the ring and it's like, something's up with this egg. Nobody knows where this egg came from. Uh-huh. And Vince had this great idea. Okay. And eventually the egg hatched. Yup. And out of it popped a man wearing a turkey costume, and his name was the Gobbledygooker. And Vince was convinced. Yeah. Cat? Yeah. That this was going to be the biggest thing. The Gobbledygooker? The Gobbledygooker. And no, they, he was like gone like a couple weeks later. But like, yeah. But there's also like a very famous, like very talented Lucha Libre wrestler inside of it. Like one of the Guerreros was the Gobbledygooker. And that was the closest he like really did stuff oh, in WWE. That's a bummer for him. But anyway, back to this. Yeah, Lady Gaga did a better egg entrance. Yeah, anyone can do a better egg entrance. It is it is famously disappointing. <laughs> they cut to kids thinking kids will be so excited because he's a big goofy turkey. Yeah, and kids are like, what the fuck am I watching? That's Where's Hulk Hogan? Horrifying. I just saw a zombie who works at a funeral home, yeah. and you want me to be excited about a turkey man? Okay. Anyway. So 1974, they begin to do this national syndication. He, by 1976, the 700 Club is airing in 100 markets, including New York, Philadelphia, Dallas, California, et cetera. Um, So all over the country. Mm -hmm. Also during this time, he begins to start buying up small radio stations internationally. Okay. So he can do international broadcasts of the 700 Club and his other programming in other languages. I don't want to always bring it back to this. Mm-hmm. But I keep seeing the the lines that go there. This is the first season of Succession. Yes. 100%. 100%. Um, so in 1977, okay. uh, Pat Robertson makes his biggest move. All right. Um, he takes the Christian Broadcasting Network and he moves it just beyond terrestrial broadcast 
television. All right. So for our younger listeners, back, you can still do this. You can get an antenna, mm-hmm. and there is TV is being piped through the air. Yeah. And you can only pick up stations that are broadcast locally to you, and they those stations can only broadcast up to a certain range. Mm-hmm. In 1977, Pat Robertson moves the Christian Broadcasting Network to satellite. Satellites are now finally in the sky, and people can get big dishes that they put on their houses. Yep. And satellite is actually more important for people in rural areas. Yeah. So my family in the South, a lot of those, my family members, they were so far from major city centers. When you get out on a farm, you would see these big, they would have actually a series of them. Yeah. Because every time there was an upgrade, you know, now dishes are small. They're like, you know, 18 inches or whatever they are across, and you can attach them to your house. I remember one family member had a TV dish that reminded me of like the SETI TV. Like, like it was huge. It was yeah. bigger. It was like an eight foot tall dish that they had in their yard. And then next to it was like a four foot tall one. And then they just kept getting smaller and smaller. But again, they had all this land. So they're like, what's, I'm not even going to take it down. I'll just put another one next to it. That's like, um, who's that guy that used to do the redneck jokes? Oh, yeah, Jeff Foxworthy. He always had a joke about if you had a TV on a broken TV. Yep, exactly. That. Same thing, except for this was satellite dishes. Mm-hmm. The big move, though, that Robertson does, that that he does before anyone else, and he's actually a groundbreaking on this, Okay, is his satellite station mm-hmm. is also on cable. Oh, okay. And that's a big deal because cable satellite is not popular in cities. Yeah. Because you can't get as reception, and you need a big space for this satellite. Yeah. Cable is everywhere. So running a cable to a building. So now he starts to join all of these satellite and cable TV packages. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a big part of this. And like beyond the idea of it being the first satellite channel to connect to cable, I I don't really know more of what that means. Okay. Uh, Ted Turner, like I think a year later does that with TBS, Uh, TBS, the Superstation, Yeah. Cause that's a satellite. Everybody loves Raymond on repeat. Yes. So that same exact year, because things are now really booming. He's really making money off of convincing old grandmas in nursing homes to give him half their Social Security check. Yeah. Uh, so that way he'll cure their their nephew's gayness or whatever it is. <sighs> okay. And so he decides to make his next big major move. All right. And that is to found a university. Oh, no. So he founds the Christian Broadcasting Network University. Oh, my God. He, at this point, has moved officially into Virginia Beach. He builds a giant campus for the network. And then part of the network is then also the Christian Broadcasting Network so University. So is this school – so, like, let's say I register and I go to this school. Yes. Is this for me to learn how to work at the 700 Club? It's a yes and no. So, yes, you can go in there and become an intern. So then you can get cheaper labor or free labor mm-hmm. to get people to work a camera and things like that. Yeah. But they also – this this also gets into a big part of um, dominionism. Okay. So dominionism is a push for a Christian theocratic government that wants to rule the nation via interpretations of biblical law. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, okay. it's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat founds this university to teach people so th- in high school. I mean, in college. So then they will then take that degree and then 
put dominionist propaganda into everything else. Mm -hmm. Not only just on television, but maybe then they go work for a senator or they go and become a lawyer because it does have a law firm, Mm -hmm. a law school. Eventually, he changes the name in 1990 to Regent University. Mm -hmm. Um, And the name Regent was chosen intentionally, obviously. Yeah. One, it sounds better. I went to Regent University. Saying I went to Christian Broadcasting Network University or CBN University sounds like shit. Yeah. Regent University and the term Regent was chosen because a Regent stands in when a uh, a monarch or a king uh, can't rule right now. Uh, and Pat said, quote, a regent is one who represents Christ, our sovereign, in whatever sphere of life he or she may be called to serve him. Meaning, wherever you are in your life, you are the direct voice of God and you have the authority of God who is the sovereign of everyone. Great. The law school at Regent eventually spins off uh, and creates the American Center for Law and Justice, which also pushes Christian conservative bullshit uh, through the courts yep, mm-hmm. and through lobbying all the way up to the Supreme Court and writes a shit ton of friend of the court briefs and things like that, pushing for different levels of Christian yeah. dominionism. So uh, did you figure out if Amy Cohen Barrett went there? Uh, I don't believe she did. Actually, a lot of them are actually tied to a, a, a group out of Notre Dame. A lot of them are actually Catholic. I was going to say the Catholic one. And that's a big thing we'll get into a little bit later because <gasps> Pat uh, Pat goes back and forth on whether or not he likes Catholics. I'm saying a lot of the evangelical people do not. They do not. Not a fan. Uh, 1981. Yep. So we're, we're jumping a couple years. We're here. almost born. We're almost born. Yeah. 1981, uh, CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. Okay. Uh, you know, it's now on cable and it's part of these cable packages. And a big part of this is people pay 25 bucks a month to get cable coming to their home. You can get a baseline package. CBN is part of that. He yeah. makes sure that he gets into the baseline package of yeah. all these cables. So then he is, it doesn't matter whether or not you watch the channel, he's getting paid. He needs to have yeah. just enough ratings on it though, um, to make sure he doesn't get kicked out of the basic package. Got it. And on top of that. While you're paying $25 a month to have cable into your home, he's then also asking you for $10 a month to make sure that you don't go to hell. And then he's going to sell you things like uh, holy water from the Jordan River. Okay. Drink it or just keep it or whatever. Can we verify it was actually not just tap water from Virginia? I don't know. Okay. I mean, come on. Who are you going to believe? God or your lying eyes? Wow. Um, Wow. So in 1981, CBN begins to air family programming and classic TV reruns during the daytime. Because, again, what he's really doing, he starts moving away from paying all these local networks to air. So once he has enough market saturation with cable, he's like, well, I'm not going to pay my PHL Philly to run CBN anymore. I have enough of Philadelphia covered. I'm not going to pay these local stations. I'm just going to run – the 700 club on this. And so yeah. he'll run 700 club at night mm-hmm. and especially late at night. Yeah. And during the day he airs family friendly programming. So cartoon shows and classic TV. So Leave a lot of beaver. Of, yeah. A lot of the fifties and sixties stuff that, you know, before, before they ruined television wow. with okay. representation. All right. It's a lot of that type of stuff. And this becomes insanely popular. He even in 1981, um, actually commissions a Japanese anime. I'm sorry, what? Yes. 1981, Pat Robertson brings one of the first animes to American cable television. 
Shut the fuck the up. The anime is called Superbook. Okay. And I'm going to read you the description directly from the Wikipedia of the first two seasons. Okay. Uh, because this ran for 52 total episodes, I believe. In the first series, Superbook, begins at the home of a young boy named Chris Peeper. Okay. Who discovers the ancient Bible named Superbook that can speak and send him and his friend Joy and his clockwork toy figure named Gizmo, the Crusader robot, back in time during the events of the Old and New Testament. Well, that sounds not super fun to watch. Yep. Also kind of like VeggieTales. Oh no, I'm back at the time where Abraham had to... Had to circumcise himself with a rock. Oh, no. Ah, there's a lot of foreskins happening. <laughs> why does that man have a sack of foreskins? Yo, why are there so many talking? They will not stop talking about foreskins. Imagine like you're like, it starts raining and you realize that the Noah's Ark is like floating by. <laughs> and and you're, you're, like, you're not on it. You're like, <laughs> yeah. whoopsies. Yeah. Uh, Superbook season two. Okay. Is called Superbook <laughs> two. Boogaloo. <laughs> no, it actually has the, such a better. It has really? such a better tagline. Okay, go ahead. Superbook two, in search for ruffles and return to the twentieth century. Honestly, that is an incredible name. Superbook two, in search for ruffles and return to the twentieth century, takes place two years after the first series, where Superbook falls onto a computer, giving anyone the ability to see into the past. From Christopher's home via the the computer monitor, Ruffles, his poodle, has managed to get lost in time and prompting Gizmo and Christopher's little brother, Yuri Peeper, to search for Ruffles while Chris and Joy keep watch and control of the computer from the present. Gizmo and Yuri experience stories from the Old Testament solely. So there's no Jesus in part two. That is honestly the most 90s-sounding TV show. Oh, yeah. Like, because there's one kid on the computer. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to watch it. But that was 1982. He's ahead of his time. He's so ahead of his time. Yeah. So it, we're getting, like, it's getting crazy now. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's picking up. Um, at this point in time, though, Pat is also now becoming much more directly involved with politics. So as he's been building especially going into the 1980 presidential election. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think, sorry, I think it was 1976. He interviews Jimmy Carter at one point. Um, he interviews Ronald Reagan. He starts to do what Alex Jones hoped to do by interviewing Donald Trump back in like 2015, 2016, which is to start to try to become, hey, I can get you the evangelical vote. You should really keep me on your side. Jimmy Carter, when he was elected, for those who were not alive back then, Jimmy Carter was the beginning of the evangelical movement's connection to politics as a block. So before that time, you could be religious. Yeah. And religion informed your politics, but it was not supposed to be your politics. That is actually a modern invention in America. While you did have people who were severely religious, you didn't see it as a a, a federation of different like Methodists voted different than Baptists. Baptists and Presbyterians didn't view themselves at the same thing. It's not until the 70s that they all start calling themselves the blanket term Christian or the blanket term evangelical. And a big part of that is because of 
uh, racism? Yes, desegregation. There it is. So one thing that really happens that actually drives a wedge into the evangelicals, especially to the Democratic Party, is one, desegregation, and two, a loophole that evangelicals were using, especially racist evangelicals were using in the 70s okay. to get around segregation. And this kind of happens a little bit to this day, which is, sure, the public schools have to be desegregated. This is a Christian academy. It's private. Yeah. But it's also a religious academy. So mm, maybe we don't tax it because we don't tax churches. So these are all ministries that are whites-only Christian academy schools that then all of the white children in the area are going to— and in nineteen in the nineteen seventies, Jimmy Carter creates uh, with Congress creates the Education Department, and the Education Department says you can't be whites only and be tax free. That's not religious. Yeah. And through groups like the ACLJ, that one I mentioned earlier, American Center for Law and Justice, and a bunch of other groups, that begins the beginning of the end of we're going to do anything with Democrats. Because we want not only, listen, we get it for election purposes, for you to keep winning. You had to give black people the vote. Okay, whatever. But we want our tax loopholes. We want to still be able to do this for free. Reagan comes in and says things like, and you'll still hear Republicans say this all the time, especially the crazier ones. They'll say, we need to get rid of the education department. Yeah. The Department of Education is a big one they always want to get rid of because they still view that as the end run because then they can go back to segregating schools. Yeah. The other thing that happens is that abortion is uh, made legal through the Supreme Roe v. Wade. Yep. And at that time, the Southern Baptist Convention did not really care. Yeah. It becomes made a web a, a wedge issue. These things start to convalesce, and these things are then start put under the blanket term of Christian. And Pat has sway over a large group of Christians. He is Southern Baptist, but he is more and more— Stop saying Southern Baptist, and he just starts. He starts branding himself broader as Christian. Yeah, and for he, the branding, for the branding, him, Jerry Falwell, and others. So in the eighties, he starts to become more overt about tying his movement to conservatism, and he then when Reagan gets elected, you know, again he is the son, and people know this. He's the son of a conservative Democratic U.S. senator, and he was an overt. Southern Democrat in the 80s, Pat Robertson starts calling himself a Reagan Democrat. And that is a big part of the part, the final end of the party switch that we see throughout the from 1964 running through the mid to late 80s, which are people whose families were devout FDR. We love FDR. We love JFK. You know, we want unions, all these different things. And they all switch to Reagan Republicanism. And a big part of that is due to racism there. Now, it's not for every family. It's not everyone. But that is a huge push, especially in the Midwest, in the South. Because if you go back and you look at those maps back in the day of elections, you will see Democrats hold the South from Reconstruction until 1964, 1970. And then it breaks. Yeah, and then how how are all those families doing after Reaganomics? Well, you know, they're doing great uh, because, you know, Oxycontin is cheap. So the (laughs) – what? Wow. Well, how much time we got? I don't know. I'm going to burn through this next part. All right. So Pat gets more involved 
Again, Reagan Democrat. Reagan obviously can't run again uh, in 1988 because of the Constitution yeah. and that amendment. Uh, so in 1986, God tells Pat Robertson to run for president. Oh. Uh, yeah. So Pat Robertson does uh, because uh, Reagan is term limited. And George Bush Sr. Mm-hmm. is a fucking pussy little ass main bitch who is an Episcopalian and done no shit about shit and will be look weak on the world stage. Oh. That's not what he said, but that's what he meant. That's okay. Um, so uh, Pat uh, says that he will run for president if he can have 3 million volunteers for his campaign. Uh, he then claims he has 3 million volunteers for his campaign, and he enters the race as a Republican. All right. Again, meshing even the word evangelical and Christian with being Republican. Yeah. Republican. Republican. Pat uh, comes in second place in the Iowa caucus. Oh, we're in Iowa. Yeah, okay. that's the that's the first area of the primaries. Yeah, uh, the Iowa caucus is big. I don't. I didn't. I think I want to say Bob Dole came in first. I'm not sure, but um, George Bush did not do as well as Pat Robertson. Oh, he smashes. He like crushes George Bush. All right. They go to New Hampshire. He doesn't. He barely shows up in the results. Mm. Uh, Pat Robertson does not do well in New Hampshire because again, he's more of that Southern Midwest. Yeah, New Hampshire. That's not their vibe. He's They're more of the frozen market. chosen type of deal. Um, then uh, you know the multi part, the multi state election start. He doesn't do well there, and finally he drops out. Um, but does he say God told him to do it? Drop out? I mean, he does uh, for the because it is more important that a Republican get elected uh, to save the nation from the evil Democrat uh, policies. Um, and then he is allowed to give a 30 minute speech at the Republican convention and nominate George Bush, which makes him look like the kingmaker. So now the even now this plays into evangelicals create Republican candidates. Mm-hmm. This speech pushes that to the extreme. He then also t- turns his campaign. All right. Once he drops out. He had already had this group called the Christian Coalition. Well, he's got 3,000 supporters. Three million. No, I meant he had the 3,000 volunteers, I meant. Three million. Oh. Yeah, he claimed he had three million volunteers. Oh, okay. That's a lot more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he went from a club of 700 to three million volunteers. Yeah. Um, Pat had created a tax-exempt organization, a 501c3, called the Christian Coalition. Yep. He then turned that into his campaign, and then he turned it back into the Christian Coalition. That feels illegal. It, weirdly enough— Not illegal? They did investigate it repeatedly. Okay. Um, the Christian Coalition, for those of you who don't remember the 90s, is is— been labeled a hate group and other things over the years. They spoke heavily against gay rights, uh, feminism, all these different abortion, all these different things. Again, pushing that idea of dominionism where we shouldn't actually follow the constitution. We should follow the Bible. They were uh, sued by the federal election committee, federal election committee for illegally coordinating with Republican campaigns, especially in the nineties. They were integral in Newt Gingrich's rise to becoming the speaker of the house in 1994. Um, and in the 2000s, they lost their tax-exempt status um, and were eventually listed at for-profit. Um, 1990, though. Let's go back. Okay, backwards. So, you know, 1988, he runs for president. Yeah, doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. God was wrong? Yep. Wow. Well, actually, that's not what he said. He said, God wanted me to run, but God didn't want to tell me the full plan. Oh. 1990, okay. the Christian Broadcasting Network that's now known as CBN. Yep. Um, change changes the name of the station to what the family channel the family channel yeah okay that might be familiar to some people who are older all right they also then spun the family channel 
off to its own entity separate from the Christian bro- from CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. All right. They had to. What? It was so profitable that it was actually threatening their tax exempt status. <laughs> So it was there could there was arguments that were beginning to be made that you guys are making so much money you should be paying taxes. Yeah. So they spun it off to its own entity called International Family Entertainment. During the daytime, they now start to run even more programming and they're making so much money that they can then also like hire more syndicated International shows. International Family Entertainment? Yes. Yeah, so they are being played all over the world at this point. Is is that where IFC comes from? No, no, that's oh, okay. uh, that's something else. International Family Entertainment um, is because they have they have a Canadian, they have Tokyo, they have Europe, they have Af- South Africa, and all these different. They, they're being broadcast around yeah, the world because satellites and such. Yeah, and again, it, it's it's the same sort of programming, which is during the day is kids slash family TV. We're family friendly. You know, you turn this on, you don't have to worry about what your kids going to see. Yeah, there may be some. You know, during the daytime, it, what the Christian brought the Christian messaging wasn't as overt as when it was CBN. Okay, but now it's like during the daytime. Like I remember them playing. Um, there was like a show that had like it was a cartoon with like Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky, and then like they had like superpowers, and then there was like Captain N, which was a Nintendo thing. Like they used to run cartoons that were like pretty good on it. Okay, and I remember that it was especially in like the early '90s. This was before Cartoon Network. So it was like your choice in the day was you had the Disney Channel, you had Nickelodeon, and you had the Family Channel when you were under a certain age. If your parents had cable. If your parents had cable. Um, at, I do not recall any of these. No. <laughs> at nighttime, though, they run the 700 Club on repeat. Yeah. And then on Sunday mornings, they run the 700 Club and those programmings. In 1997, the Family Channel and IFE sold to News Corporation and Haim Saban. Um, News Corporation is Fox. So Rupert Murdoch bought it. Shut the fuck up. With Haim Saban, um, who is famously known for the Power Rangers. Okay. Yeah, so Rupert Murdoch and the Power Rangers <sighs> bought the Family Channel. Guess how much? Oh, um, in 1997? Yeah, guess how much in 1997? <sighs> Let's say $20 million. $1.9 billion billion yeah and a billion is how many millions that is a thousand millions thank you you're welcome um yeah so they sold to 1.9 billion dollars the station was then changed to fox family Mm -hmm. um they held it for a few years in 2001 wait does this become lifetime channel no in 2001 the channel then sold to disney fox sold it to disney because they didn't have a lot of success with it and it became ABC Family. Okay. It stayed ABC Family and then ran into some controversy because they they kept wanting to pivot the channel. Away from families? Well, they wanted to pivot it away from little kids because they yeah. already have Disney. So they wanted ABC Family to be more teen-oriented. Okay. And the people who were watching it got really, really mad because it was teen-oriented and they would – you know, they might occasionally they might show a movie where people curse or it might be a little bit racier or maybe a gay person exists. So they kept running into issues of that. So which is why in 2016, they relaunched and rebranded the channel as Freeform. Oh, so that's the Freeform channel now because they wanted to get away from the history of the idea of the quote unquote family channel. Yeah, because people think of that Does as Freeform. Is that the one they're just always playing NCIS on? No, I think you're thinking of um, I mean, they might be. I don't know. We don't have cable, so. Yeah, exactly. I know they had that Salem Witch show. 
that was popular for Charmed? No, 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 no. It was a show about like these witches that someone somebody will reply that they know exactly what show I'm talking about. But it was like these witch they're like it's like a witch army. And it's like all teenage girls. And they're like I just remember that I remember seeing the poster on the highways as I was drive by it sometimes. An army of witches. Yeah. Sounds cool. Don't know what it is. But that was in like 2016, 2017. Because again, they're trying to get 2016. Yeah. Great year. Fucking years ago. (laughs) It was not a great year. 35 years ago. Um, the 700 Club, though, still plays on Freeform because oh. they have basically a grandfathered in covenant contract for like life that no matter who owns this station, the 700 Club will play at night. So like, during, like with the property rights we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a covenant. So it does not matter as long as it is this same general entity, the bones of this entity exist. It You can, you're, listen, during the daytime, you can be as pro gay rights as you want, baby. But at 10 p.m. At 10 p.m., we are here to tell you you're going to hell unless you give us $10. Okay. Um, in 2007, Pat Robertson. So one of the funny parts was when I was watching some of these interviews, because a lot of them are old. And it's one of those things with the old news media because they never thought it would go into – they didn't – YouTube didn't exist. Yeah. You know, so they didn't think that people would go into the archives and watch this 26 years later, you know. And I didn't realize I was watching this interview with Pat Robertson it's from 2007, and they are mentioning, uh, you know, the 2008 election and how the front runners are John McCain and Hillary Clinton. And Pat Robertson obviously hates Hillary Clinton, hates her with a passion. He hated Bill Clinton as well, because Bill Clinton uh, was from the South and was not one of his boys, and that was a big that was a big issue for the Robertson brand. And so, and then also he hated Hillary because you know she's a feminist, she wants to be the first woman president. He wants women to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's the part end. Of his brand. Yeah, um, and he hated, hated, hated John McCain with a passion of a thousand sons. He hated John McCain. Yeah, because John McCain actually went to war. Number one and number two, I mean, where he was really bad at it. By the way, I just want to point out, like John McCain, like I don't want to jerk. I love. I hate when people jerk off about how much. Oh, John McCain. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to jerk off John McCain. I'm just saying the man- somebody got stolen valor because his daddy got him some nice stars. Oh shit! And you know what, John McCain, while his dad was like the Secretary of the Navy or something like that, like he definitely crashed all those planes himself. <laughs> um. John McCain, though, famously actually did not like the Evangelical Caucus. Okay. He was like, you guys are fucking crazy, and you're trying to blow up the world. Because if you remember back to 2004, 2006, especially post 9-11, there, uh, the end times preachers were hot. Yeah. You had the Less Behind series, all these things. And Pat Robertson is a part of that entire idea. Pat Robertson is very pro-Israel because he believes the Jews need to control 100% of Israel to uh, fulfill the prophecy so Jesus can return and begin the end times. Yeah. So there's a lot of that type of stuff in there. Um, So in 2007, Pat Robertson endorsed Rudy Giuliani. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Nope. What? Yeah. And that is, between that and, we're going to go into the controversies now, but that's kind of like how, and like his power level. He also, once Trump's in power, like Robertson basically tries whatever he can to excuse Trump's behavior for everything because again he keeps pointing out to people hey we're gonna get rid of abortion this is gonna rule and like I think there was times at the end where he would dial back a little bit on Trump whether or not he'd like it because he would dip his toe in to be like do we have somebody else no 
Oh, you guys still love him? I love him too. Yeah. He would have every now and then you would see these little statements pop up where like Pat Robertson said this. And the thing is, as I'm about to go pull up, I'm just pulling straight up from Wikipedia so I can go down them with you. Mm. There is a uh, a list. Uh, obviously, at the bottom is a Wikipedia page, just an area that just says controversies. Yeah, good. That makes it easy for you. It does make it easy for me. But there's also an even bigger one hyperlink that is Wait. even more detailed that I'm going to keep scrolling. Holy shit. Yeah. This is very long. This is pages and pages and pages. Yeah, it's about 16 pages and how many annotations? 138 annotations for the controversies Holy that Pat Robertson moly. did. Now, the reason we know so many of these controversies is obviously Pat Robertson supporters aren't going to post them anywhere. Pat Robertson pissed off so many people that organizations began that were devoted to watching 700 Club and writing basically everything down. Okay. So we have spiteful, I spiteful. Like it. Yeah, yeah, just just you know, scripts on scripts, and a lot of these were organizations dedicated to the separation of church and state. Yeah. Um. So I will go straight from the small one first. So one of the things is this is the beginning of the controversies area. As a commenter and minister, Robertson's divisive statements frequently generated controversy, which is whew, understatement. Understatement of the yeah. year. Um. Oh. Other thing he did with those powders, he pushed uh, – I forgot about that. He pushed a lot of weight loss powders. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about this weight loss thing. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, like, there's um, – the only weight loss evangelical I've ever heard of is the Gwen Shamblin. Yes. And we do – we could have done an episode on that, but I lore-dumped that onto Alex after she died in well, that plane. Yeah, and we watched the documentary. Yeah, because I was like, you don't understand, like – this lady's so crazy, and she just died in this flight trying to go see Trump. And I, tr- I like explained it all, but I was like, "Oh, we gotta watch this documentary." Yeah. So I already know it all, so, so it's know, not so gonna I be can't fun. do a podcast about it. Yeah, but the but so that she's the only one I know. It's like yeah, a but weight he, loss. he did them too to like help people lose. He's like, "I'm gonna help you lose weight," and it's basically just powder. It's powder milkshakes. And again, when I was watching the CBS thing, like he makes one for the lady who's interviewing him. Ooh, did she hate it? She's like, mm, "It's frothy." Frothy. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew. That's a terrible descriptor. But that was the one thing is when he when they're talking when they're sitting at the kitchen table in his fucking mansion. Of course. And of course, though the kitchen is like clearly TV designed to look like a down home, like late nineties. Yeah. You know, we get, this is just a little ranch, and then they go out back and they show him playing with his poodle. Mm-hmm. And like name ruffles. Name ruffles, and then the but like it's his brick manor in Virginia. It's like this is an old plantation home. Yeah, because home. if God loves you, you get to be rich. Yes. And if you're poor, it's because you're a bad person who God hates. Yeah. So there, I solved it. So um, I'm going to redo the one controversy immediately. Yeah. Because it's going to be weird. And then we can oh. get into all the other ones. Because you can see like, a, a lot, lot of these. There's a lot of them. There's so there's many of them. There's a lot. Where is it? Hold on. I can't believe you're picking your favorite controversy right no, now. No, no, no. I'm, I'm reading it. I'm reading this one in particular. Because it's so fucking strange. Like, okay, this one's leg press claims. Leg press claims? Uh, Robertson began claiming on his website that through training and his age-defying energy shake, he was able to leg press 2,000 pounds. What? Others claim he was a liar pushing a common energy drink formula. (laughs) He was just selling Red Bulls? Yeah. Uh, for comparative purposes, when Dan Kendra set the Florida State University record, uh, the leg press machine needed extensive modification to hold the proper amount of weight, and that record was 1,335 pounds. Nice. So he's like, no, I drink this shake, and I love Jesus. You, I like that when you're going to boldface lie, you got to lie so big. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't make it slightly believable. All right, here we go. This is my favorite because okay. Pat Robertson actually weirdly for a lo- very long time yeah. was pro-marijuana legalization. All right. Which I was like, okay, I'll take it. Okay. Because he was what like- What he means for some time? What changed his mind? At some point, he flips to the other side. Mm. He does flip to the other side of it. Because by criminalizing marijuana, you can uh, put more people in prison? But that was his whole point. He wanted them out of prison. He said it's it's insane- his exact statement here, quote, we're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and the next thing you know, they got 10 years. I'm not exactly for the use of drugs, don't get me wrong, but I just believe that criminalizing marijuana, criminalizing the possession of a few ounces of pot and that kind of thing, I mean, it's just costing us a fortune and it's ruining young people. So was this before prisons went private and people started making a ton of money off of them? Yeah, I mean, uh, Normal, the National Organization for Reform of Marijuana Laws and the Drug Policy Alliance, applauded Pat Robertson. What? Um, yeah, they, the people who are listening to him may roll their eyes when the Democrats say this, but when Pat Robertson says he has credibility in the faith community, he does. And then this is where it gets weird. Okay. So he says this in 2010. Vice President Joe Biden condemned Pat Robertson's remarks, saying, I still believe it's a gateway drug. I've spent a lot of my life as a chairman of the Judiciary Committee dealing with this. I think it would be a mistake to legalize. Oh, not Joe Biden. So, yeah. Like the only thing that Pat Robertson ever said. Oh, my God. Joe Biden is out here. Yeah. Listen, Um, I don't want to make some crazy joke. Yeah. But Joe Biden needs to not talk about drug use. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Calm down. Um, he, uh, <laughs> so now let's go into some of the, the crazier things. Uh, so the first thing. Let's... I would love to know how he changed his mind. I bet anything that big prison, like, lobbyists got to him. And they him they must have just showed up with a checkbook. Yeah. Or, you know, or in general, he may have seen. Or he probably got bought a prison. Well, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. But it's also probably one of those things, too, where Trump, you know, Trump would said that he was for decriminalization, but they never wanted to do it. Yeah. But there was this movement of, like, we need to bring in the libertarians. We want to bring in the libertarians. And one way to bring in libertarians is to say, I don't give a shit about pot. And libertarians like, great, that's all I care about. I just want to be able to smoke weed. And then if you can just deal with that uh, statutory. And funnel the money through my sandwich shop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> NFTs. They're called NFTs now. Okay. Um, the Where's the line here? Oh, here we go. <clears throat> oh. So Pat Robertson had extensive business dealings in Africa, including with the president of Liberia and convicted war criminal Charles Taylor. Okay. And the former president of Zaire, uh, Mobutu Sese Seko. Both of whom were inter- internationally denounced for claims of human rights violations. Now, the Charles Taylor one's crazy, like super crazy, because uh, Pat Robertson owned a gold mine in Liberia. What? And it eventually went defunct. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some of that money may have been used um, to fund Al Qaeda. Are you fucking kidding me right now? No, because Charles Taylor also apparently the Al Qaeda terrorist in 1998. It was, was it Tanzania and Kenya? Our embassies were bombed. So people don't remember this a lot because 9-11 blows it out of everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. But we had two embassies that were bombed, one in Tanzania and one in Kenya, that were bombed by al-Qaeda. Okay. And when that happened, it was right during the Clinton impeachment and all the scandals and everything with the, the sex scandal. Mm-hmm. And so Clinton... 
sent airstrikes into Afghanistan to try to kill Osama bin Laden. Yeah. And at the same time, there was a movie called Wag the Dog. The movie Wag the Dog is about a president who's in a sex scandal, so they create a war to distract the public from his sex scandal. A decoy war. Yes. All right. In the movie, the war is in Eastern Europe, and they literally use Hollywood producers and create this whole thing. It's a very funny movie. Yeah. But they create a whole fake war that basically is the uh, the Bosnian, you know, former Yugoslavian war. Mm Mm-hmm. This all happened at the same time. So, like, I remember watching the footage of airstrikes happening and being at a place where, like, seeing the bombing of the embassy on TV, like, over a bar at a restaurant. And I was, like, a child. This is 1998. I think I was, like, 12. And so, like, I remember, like, seeing all this stuff. And then the people started being, oh, it's just wagged a dog. He's trying to distract from the fact he got a blowjob. And, like, what the fuck? Nope. And then people separate that from the the rest of he it. He owned a gold mine? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it says here, Robertson repeatedly supported the former president of Liberia, Charles Taylor, uh, especially on various episodes of the 700 Club uh, during the United States' involvement in the Second Liberian Civil War in June and July of 2003. Uh, Robertson accused the U.S. State Department of supporting Taylor's ouster as president of Liberia by giving President Bush bad advice and he accused it of trying as hard as they can to destabilize Liberia. Robertson was criticized for failing to mention his $8 million investment in a Liberian gold mine on his broadcast. Taylor had been indicted by the United Nations for war crimes at the time of Robertson's support, Mm -hmm. and he was eventually found guilty of crimes against humanity, including murder, rape, slavery, and the use of child soldiers. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors also stated that Taylor had harbored members of al-Qaeda who were responsible for the embassy bombings. Um, according to Robertson, the use of the Liberian gold mine, or the Freedom Gold, as he called it, Shut the fuck was up. intended to help pay for humanitarian and evangelical efforts in Liberia. Uh, but, in fact, the company was allowed to fail by being allowed to leave many debts in Liberia, as well as in the international mining service sector. Uh, the head of the Southern Baptist Convention publicly stated... I would say Pat Robertson is way out on his own on a leaking right life raft on this one. Wow. So then 9-11 happens. Oh, my God. And um, I don't know. This is this one is what a lot. It sticks in a lot of people's brains. Yeah. Um, there is. Uh, I think what you're about to talk about is the reason I know who Pat Robinson is. Yes. Because I never knew who this person was until I think what you're about to talk about. Yeah. And I just want to see because, again, the page is so big. I want to see if. Uh, no, let's just try. There's just too many bad things. There's so many bad things, and I'm just trying to find next. A gold right. mine. Freedom gold? Really? Um, because c- the thing is, is... It was like, was that during Freedom French Fries time? Yeah, it was all during that time, but it was just labeling, and again, you're also, he also sold gold. Like, he also told people, like, invest in gold, because the crash is coming, you know, bury it in your yeah. backyard. Buy and these then, gold coins. And, and you know, when Jesus returns, the only thing that people will accept is gold, so buy gold. You know, that's all because Jesus was super into gold money. Yeah. Well, when he went and like was like, look at all these people selling gold at church. He was like, yeah, definitely cool. Yeah. Um, so when um, 9-11 happened, yeah. uh, <laughs> Pat Robertson had Jerry Falwell on the program on the 700 Club. Great. And uh, Falwell, they were close allies. Falwell stood on TV and said that the 9-11 terrorist attacks were caused by, quote, 
pagans, abortionists, feminists, gays, lesbians, the American Civil Liberties Union, and the people for the American way. The ACLU? Yes. And Pat Robertson said, I agree. Hmm. Um, what the ACLU do? Yep. Um, oh, uh, 1998, he denounced Florida and Disney World for gay days. Oh, shit. Uh, Have he, I got news for you? They've only leaned into that harder. Yep. Uh, Robertson hate, uh, opposed abortion, same-sex marriage, obviously. He described feminism as a socialist, anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism, and become lesbians. Oh, I would love to embroider that I, on a tote bag. Yo, honestly, honestly, Dope. that's the coolest feminism's ever sounded to me. Yeah, dude. And he's the, listen, y'all, when you're out there with your messaging, do you notice how he didn't say neoliberal once? <laughs> I just want to say that like y'all I see some of y'all stitch me on TikTok and it's cool and I agree with your politics but you got to work on how you say things there's certain words we just don't want to use honestly I do suggest listening to televangelists like this who become super popular because you'll notice the exact language that they use is is aimed at a certain education level Mm. because yeah you can have the greatest idea in the world but if you can't explain it in three sentences and you have to say you need to read a 400 page book and you, you sound lost. kind of condescending. It's not going to work. Anyway, um, copy paste that so I can embroider it on a tote bag. I will. I will. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. The, the, he had this. The one big thing he'd always push was his a nonprofit Operation Blessing. Um, he was accused of using this nonprofit as a front repeatedly. Yeah, I was going to say, is this how to he wash money. money? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, 100%. I mean, you would see him at, you know, obviously with a television crew mm-hmm. um, after things like uh, hurricanes in the Gulf and things like that. He would go forward and, uh, you know, be like, look at us. We're using Operation Blessing to help people. And look, oh, we're in Pakistan. We're delivering water and Bibles. We mostly are Bibles. Mm-hmm. We're mostly telling you that this happened because, you know, you don't like Jesus. Um he just said he's just there's so many different things. he he did start an international um event okay um like a party an event no in 2005 he went on the 700 club and he said uh, the following about Venezuelan president Hugo Chavez okay quote i don't know about this doctrine of assassination but if he thinks we're trying to assassinate him i think that we really ought to just go ahead and do it it's a whole lot cheaper than starting a war <sighs> And I don't think any oil shipments will stop. There it is. Yep. Man. Uh, he then had to roll that back. I bet. Uh, and then like, he didn't want to mention it again. Uh, Robertson also said that Chavez was going to make Venezuela a launching pad for communist infiltration and Muslim extremists all over the continent. And he called him an out-of-control dictator, dangerous enemy to our south, controlling a whole huge pool of oil that could hurt us very badly. It's all about oil. And that's a big thing. I mean, you you I mean, obviously there are because of the current leader of Venezuela, Maduro, there are a lot of movement of Venezuelan refugees today who are coming to our southern border, which is why you constantly hear Republicans screaming about the southern border all the time, beyond mm-hmm. just the general racism of it all. Yeah. But because of statements like this and because of the oil is why Republicans are always screaming about Venezuela. Yeah, but didn't we destabilize Venezuela on purpose? We did destabilize Venezuela on purpose, like repeatedly. Like all the time. Like all the time. We Nick- like overthrow and underthrow their government all Nixon, the time. When Nixon was vice president in the yeah. 50s, he went to Venezuela and the people threw rocks at him. And it's amazing. Ooh, I wish um, there was, is there a video? There isn't video, Damn. but there was a cover of like Life magazine. And it's just 
like people like hurling big rocks oh, at Nixon, and it fucking time. rules. It rules so hard. Okay, um, back when you throw rocks at presidents. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then because so eventually Chavez did pass away, and then um, uh, Maduro took power, and yeah. you know it's a communist government, all this stuff down yeah. there. Um, he Dover, Pennsylvania. Dover. Yep. Dover, Pennsylvania. Wait, uh, is that where Dover Downs is? No, no that's, that's that's Dover, Delaware. Dover, Delaware. Right. Dover, Pennsylvania uh, voted out all seven of the members of their school board who supported intelligent design, which is creationist beliefs. So that's the idea of you teach evolution, but then you also teach that, you know, none of this could have just happened. This is definitely wink, wink, nudge, Is this nudge. like when you see the coloring books with Jesus riding dinosaur? Yeah, basically. Nice. Um, but so basically this, the, the voters came forward and were like, yo, um, y'all fucking suck and we can vote on this. So you're all fired. Yeah. So they fired all seven members and, uh, then the moms of Liberty showed up. This is, yeah, this is, this is 2005. So this is just pre tea party. Okay. But the moms for Liberty is along um, same lines. Uh, so they they got rid of all these people. And Pat Robertson went on the 700 Club and said, quote, I'd like to say to the good citizens of Dover, if there is a disaster in your area, don't turn to God. You just rejected him from your city. And don't wonder why he hasn't helped you with your problems begin with. If they begin, I'm not saying they will, but if they do, just remember, you voted God out of your city. And if that's the case, don't ask for his help because he might not be there. And that's important because Pat Robertson constantly, constantly would predict dire drastic things happening you know when yeah. the tsunamis hit it's going to hit california when this happens it's going to hit this in fact to the to the, the the president in the movie escape from la is based on pat robertson because hmm. the president in escape from la is a televangelist who goes on the air and says the big one's going to hit california yeah and that's what happens in the movie, and California actually breaks off from the United States and like floats into the ocean. I like how and they turn it into a prison. And loving his version of God is yeah, it's, it's like just like a really nice, fun God. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many more. The last thing I will say though is he did blame Hurricane Katrina not on climate change, never, but he did blame it on like feminism, gays, and all that other stuff. He also said that the people of Haiti deserved their earthquake. I think I mentioned that before. What, um... What's up with that picture of Barack Obama that just popped up? Uh, he just straight up hated him. Oh, I, I mean, bet it was for his politics. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, uh, yeah, he did say that he thought that uh, he, yeah, it's just a bunch of bullshit. There. Yeah, that's just a bunch of bullshit. How he knew who the president was going to be, but he refused to say who it was. Oh, because the thing is, is he hates Mormons. He hates Mormons. He hates. Aren't Hindus? they under the Christian thing? He hates everyone. Like I need to be clear, the only person, the only religious group that Pat Robertson likes is Pat Robertson. Yeah. Well, if you aren't giving him money right now, he fucking hates you, and he wants other people to. He hate He doesn't you. hate me because he's dead. Fuck yeah, that's the best place to end the episode. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's the only way to end the episode is to remind everyone that this hateful bigot monster shithead is dead. His son is now running the network. Gold mine owning. He owned an African gold mine yeah. with a war criminal. Yeah. On June 8th, twenty. So technically 9-11 could have been his fault? Yes, this is what I'm saying. Perfect. June right. 8th, 2023, Pat Robertson died uh, at his home in Virginia. How many days had you quit smoking at that point? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, seven. It was seven days. Seven days. One week into me quitting smoking, Pat Robertson fucking croaked, and it yeah. goddamn ruled. And honest to God, that was one of the moments where I was like, I kind of want to smoke. No. I know. I'm. Um, I didn't. I'm on day 24, and this is episode 24. There's whoa, kids many. Oh wow! I uh, just like to point out that like, there. It's so. It's it's weird and funny and not good, 
But every time we do these episodes where we talk about like grifters, it's always the same formula. And I almost feel bad because I'm like, we're just telling the same story over and over again. But with a different with flavor. With weird little side characters. But like, they're always doing the same fucking thing. Listen, listen. When you go, I want to be, be honest with you. Yeah. When you go to McDonald's and you really look at the menu, the option is beef, chicken, or fish. And potatoes. How do you want it served? That's what we're giving you. Yeah. You're getting, listen, sometimes you get a cult. Sometimes you get, you get an evangelicus evangelist yeah and occasionally just occasionally i tell you about a union strike from 1897 and i'm just gonna tell you about a weird some instagram lady instagram celebrities um or a youtube child molester but like is his his is kind of the one of the many whoa that was for Uh, the youtube child molester. yeah i know allegedly Um, his is kind of like the framework because of how long he's been alive yep and his father was part of it so yep. this is kind of like the building blocks of a lot of the uh, Christian evangelical influencers. Like, and it's so funny because when you were talking about Tammy Faye, I was just thinking like there's this one lady, I don't remember her name, but she's like she's like this Christian fundamentalist in air quotes influencer and she has like wild makeup and she wears yep. it on purpose because it, it gives that Tammy Faye energy. Gotcha. It's so strange. So the last thing I will say though is from watching everything through this, yeah. I completely understand why so many grandmas gave him money. Really? Yeah. His voice is very soothing and when he's being nice, it is very much nice. Now anyone who's ever worked in the service industry and has had to deal with weird, like molesty old men mm-hmm. would get creep vibes. Yeah. But again, if you were a, if you were a housewife in the fifties and then it's the eighties and you never really met a lot of people, he was a nice man who came to your door. Yeah. Who just came right into your living room. And he promised and, he could cure your cancer if and you all gave those money. Things. Yeah, exactly. All those different things. So Ugh. with that, we do need to wrap up the episode because we're running out of time. Uh, Mrs. Promania, we are going to have a new, my new poll up yeah, uh, this week. Poll. And we are going to have episode 25 next week with your yeah, topic. Sure. And then episode 26, we're going to do something special. So we will talk about that on the next episode. Thank you to all the Patreons. Thank you to everybody else out there. We have to wrap the show. Thank you so much very much. <laughs> do, Bye. What do you got? Allegedly. Oh, that's the wrong button. That was the wrong <laughs> button completely. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.